everybody, and welcome to this week's very special episode of Infinite Journeys. As always, I am Tony Z, joined by Asher. Hey, full of excitement tonight, folks. We've got a huge episode for tonight. We're going to be going over the Xbox Bethesda conference, which where we're, I say tonight, but everybody's listening to this Monday. But we've also got a very special guest, which is Jessica Starr is rejoining us. Hey, Tony. Hey, Asher. Isn't every episode a very special episode for you guys? Yeah, but this is something a little different because we usually do news gone wild and stuff. like. We're not doing any of that today. This is all conference and video games related. We've it's been switching it up lately. So it's because the news went wild all on its own. You don't need to go to a look up UK news to figure that out. That's a good yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, the game news gone wild. Games gone wild. That's what we should title the episode, Asher. <laughs> Games gone hey, wild. You can do that. I might do that. Um, yeah, so the main gist of today's episode, we're gonna be talking about the Xbox Bethesda showcase event, which went on today. We're recording this Sunday, but I had a couple things that I noticed from the summer games fest. Uh, which was like Thursday. I had originally mentioned to Asher and Jessica that we were going to be talking about that too, but then I completely forgot about it. And I was trying to catch up on as many things as possible within 10 minutes of recording the show. And I did not catch up on anything. No, no, there's a lot of content to catch up on. Yeah, I'm only going to touch on like a few of the things. And then when we get to the Xbox Bethesda portion, we're just going to kind of go through each game. I have a list of each game that was announced in order. And then I'll just like name the game off and then we'll just give our thoughts on... And that includes announcements that's not just games because some stuff was like DLC and stuff like that. But yeah, beautiful. I still wrote it down so we can still talk about it. Well, before we bump into the the Xbox Bethesda content, do we want to hit some of the other stuff that has come up recently? Yeah, we do. Um, I know you got Devolver to talk about, but I actually want to get you guys thoughts because I this one almost slipped under my radar. But I saw that Super Zoo story and Asher, since I was talking about how much I've been playing Stardew Valley lately. Mm As soon as I saw that, I was like, holy crap, is this the same person? I don't think I saw that one. Super Zoo? It's called Super Zoo Story, and it's basically okay. a Stardew Valley, but it's a zoo. Super Zoo Story looks awesome. Yeah, it and is it a Stardew-like. Uh, a lot of the actual in-game graphics are similar to Stardew. The character models are a little bit different, and instead of plants, you're doing animals mostly. Yeah, oh, okay. it got me It got me pretty excited, to be honest. I was like, it's a freaking zoo, but is it the same developer? Because I didn't. I didn't catch that part. No, it wasn't Chucklefish. I don't remember who it was, but I don't believe it was Chucklefish or the Stardew developer. His shame. next game, his next game is Haunted Chocolatier. So, ooh, I haven't heard about that one, so I'm gonna have to look that up now. Because <laughs> I, I told, I think I put on Twitter earlier in the week. I've been playing Stardew Valley so much that I got like over 80 hours in the game on my Switch, and I was like, this is more than any other game on my Switch right now. I've been playing this nonstop. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Stardew is definitely a fan favorite. And if this one plays in the same vein, but is animal based, I can see it doing really well. Oh, yeah. I saw everything from pandas to like elephants and stuff. It looked really cool. That's awesome. And I think I even saw dinosaurs at one point because it looked like they were oh, yeah. hatching no, a triceratops. You can have a whole Jurassic section. So Super Zoo Story is releasing in 2023. And the developer is Crytivo and Crytivo actually had two games. They had another one that they showed too, which is a little more realistic. Um, well, but funny. Uh, you were you were a cow in an invasion. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the amazing. aliens. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. This is why uh, I'm glad I have both of you here for when it's something where I didn't get all the information <laughs> on it, and some but one of you will have the more information for me. The, those devs, uh, that's not a name I'm familiar with. Is it, are they new to the scene or have they had something previously? Yeah, I think they're a rather new studio. Uh, these two okay. games were the first I'd ever heard the name. That's I'm looking fantastic. them up now to see if there's anything more on them, but I'm not seeing a history. Do they even have a wiki yet? I don't think so. Oh, all right. Interesting. I, having uh, new uh, 
new combatants join the gaming arena is a great time, I think. Oh, for sure. Like Frost Giant and stuff, but we'll get there maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something else I noticed was this horror game that was going to be coming out that was focused on all robots called Routine. Hmm. I don't know if you guys saw that trailer. No, I didn't catch that one either, but I'm going to have to check it out. Now, like when you say it's focused on all robots, are we talking kind of something like Detroit Become Human or are we talking like, you know, mechas running around or what? It wasn't on the level of a Detroit Become Human because they almost looked human. Right. <laughs> the robots. So these are like old school looking robots. But the, the most I remember was it looked first person. So it kind of looked like just a regular first person horror game for most of it, where you're kind of exploring some like defunct, creepy looking factory area. And mm-hmm. then I remember a robot reaching out and like choking somebody towards the end. <laughs> I was like, this actually looks interesting. Okay. So that one caught my attention, but. Other than that, I didn't have too many things from the Summer Games Fest. I mean, there was uh, a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, which we already talked about on Rocky's podcast recently. They, like, released the official gameplay trailer for that. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then there was kind of a big deal, but, like, I don't know. Last of Us remake. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I don't, they just did a remastered, so I'm kind of like, that's a game where I don't really think it needs a remake. Wait, so they did Last of Us, Last of Us mm-hmm. 2, and then they remastered Last of yep. Us? Yep. And now they're making a remake of Last of Us. Yes, indeed. Yep. <laughs> that, that almost sounds like you're tripping over your own feet at that point. Uh, they yeah. are, and a lot of people at the company seem to think so, too, from what oh, I've heard. Okay. Uh, it's the kind of thing where they were working other things and were pulled off that in order to go over and do the uh, Last of Us remake. Hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I- it's kind of too soon. You think one generation, is that enough? Probably not. I mean, great story. But come on. So, yeah, and it's you just pretty it, fresh to people, in my opinion. Like, and with the remastered, you don't really need a remake yet because the remaster was pretty recent. It still holds up. So you really don't need a full remake, yeah. in my opinion. Well, we'll see how it goes. And I'm not a Sony girl. So, I, you know, I'm, it's not like I'm a super fan of the series or anything like that. So I'm sure it has an audience. But even that audience, from what I've heard, would prefer them to do something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I'm a, I was a Last of Us fan, but I saw that and I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Naughty Dog has a lot of things they could be doing. But yeah, Summer yeah. Game Fest, I think there were about 22 or 23 games total that were shown. Um, there were four that really stood out to me that I wanted to mention. Okay. Uh, first, you probably saw the first half was very like sci-fi horror for the most part. Yeah. Um, we had the reveal of... Uh, you know, like the Dead Space stuff or Callisto Protocol from the old uh, Dead Space devs. I thought and... that was Dead Space when I first saw the trailer. Yeah, really? I mean, it, it basically was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I was like Dead was Space sick. remake because I knew they were making it. And then I heard they were supposedly both coming out around the same time. So I'm like, oh, this would be interesting. And it's not really my kind of game. I'm not super into like gory horror, but uh, but it looked cool. But the one I did like out of all those were Fort was Fort Solace. Because that one looked like more um, mystery thriller, sci-fi horror. You know what I mean? More psychological thriller, um, yeah. exploring a dead station and what happened there. That one's cool. Witchfire looks freaking awesome. I missed uh, that one, unfortunately. So when, anything so, you mentioned that I missed, I'm looking up after we got off the podcast. So <laughs> they showed it for the first time a year, year and a half ago. Uh, we did get a, a brief trailer and it's kind of a spell plays like a spell blade and guns kind of thing a little bit along that kind of you know early era with guns and magic uh, but okay. it's first person uh battle looks really really fun that way um super people was a killer trailer i don't know what the game is <laughs> did you see that trailer <laughs> no i didn't but i have a lot of trailers where i'm like i don't know what the game is but the trailer looks cool so that doesn't surprise me 
Yeah, there's that. Um, humankind coming to Game Pass day uh, day one on console. I'm psyched about that. So Humankind, as you guys probably know, is already out on PC, but yeah. it's just coming to console. And it's a, you know, it's a Civ kind of game. Um, and it, you know, got mediocre to moderate reviews, sixes and sevens for the most part, but they've been working on improving it. And the fact that when it comes out on console, it's day one on Game Pass. I thought that was pretty cool. Not many people mentioning that. That we'll be cool. getting into a lot of that with the Xbox stuff today, too, because a lot of For stuff sure. was saying day one Game Pass. Yeah, I, I might like, have a few, but most of the ones that were day one, I, I tried to mark in my notes with a little D1. And it I'm was glad you did that because I don't think I marked it. Were like that. <laughs> and then it was a lot with that one. You know, uh, sometimes games get those kind of mediocre reviews and then coming to console or going to PC once they transfer over to another media they spike up because they get a new audience. People get a newfound interest. They've gotten updates. Yeah. So hopefully right. it'll, it'll do a little better, you know, coming to console. Game Pass can be a great second chance or first chance for a new platform. Totally. Absolutely. I agree. I was previously a PlayStation guy and then I got the Xbox. So I'm all about Game Pass and I don't have a PS5 yet. So I'm pretty much all the Xbox stuff is what I'm focused on until I get my hands on a PS5. Yeah, so sure. how about Stormgate? Did either of your thoughts on that one? That sounds familiar. I'm blanking. So on that it. was one of my uh, top four that I saw there. And that's from X Blizzard devs. They made a new studio called Frost Giant. And this is their okay. first game. So um, that's a cool studio name, by the way. Yeah, I love it. And the trailer opened up with a woman kind of doing some scans on a planet. She had a floating thing, kind of like Ghost from Destiny. And uh, then she found a fragment, a shield was created. And then like, you know, big ass demon glowy uh, gargoyle kind of creature comes and attacks her. I don't know if you remember this trailer. And then there was a mecha suit and there was fighting and it looked kind of neat. But I guess the idea is it seems to be like they're going to go through gates between worlds. And that looked really Mm. cool. Same kind of thing with Nightingale. That was like a Nightingale was a cool looking one with kind of a uh, what is it? I don't know, maybe diesel punk, maybe gaslight kind of between the two. And uh, that looked hot. But yeah, I mean, I definitely watched it. A lot of things I liked, but it was mostly CGI. You know, it wasn't too heavy on gameplay for SGF. Yeah, right. I, I was just kind of skipping through the Stormgate trailer. And um, I, I see what you mean, mostly CGI. Uh, it does look neat so far, uh, but it's listed as an RTS. And uh, I wouldn't have guessed that it's a real-time strategy game from that trailer. I didn't either. If it is, it's. I think. I think it's going to be more tactics than a standard RTS. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It, it also mentions that it's. Uh, you, you can campaign alone or cooperative, cooperatively. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've I've never played a co-op RTS. You know, they always have a PvP mode for multiplayer. So we'll see how that goes. That, that's something to keep your eye on because it sounds like it could be something that adds a new twist to gaming. You know, kind of morphs a genre. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I've ever heard of car, of car, car op. <laughs> there we go. Let's get a car co-op game. We just call it car op. <laughs> I'm patenting that. <laughs> but yeah, so I yeah, I said they were from Blizzard. So, you know, they had worked on StarCraft and stuff. So they do have RTS experience, but I do think it's going to be a little bit more tactics than RTS from, from what I've saw, but we haven't seen that much again, mostly trailer, yeah. but it looked cool. Yeah. It's worth uh, definitely keeping an eye on. So, so, Something I almost forgot about was that there was a Lord of the Rings game announced, Return to Moria. Yeah, so that wasn't at um, SGF. That was at something after. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Okay, I kind of saw, I love anything Lord of the Rings, but it seemed a little bit asset swappy to me. Like you're looking at it and a lot of the dwarves all look the same. 
you know, like, oh, I changed the color of the beard on this one and stuff like that. So it's interesting. It, that did look kind of actually talking of strategy. It did seem like an RTS a little bit. In That's some what ways. I thought. Resource yeah. management, building up Moria, you know, digging out tunnels and stuff. But I didn't know that it looked that exciting. So, you know, hopefully early. We'll see more. Yeah, we never did. The one trailer that that I caught that I was like, when you were mentioned earlier, when you were like, I don't know what this game is, but this looks interesting. Was that one called The Altars? It was the last thing I remember is it was a guy kind of waking up and then he goes into a room with a bunch of other dudes and it's all the same person, but different variations of him. And then he like kind of freaks out and falls to the floor and then they like help him back up. That's all you got out of the trailer. So I was like, I don't know if this is clones or like a multiverse situation, but the trailer itself was interesting. Yeah, that was another one from like Tribeca, one of the later shows. Um, I didn't see that one. Goat, Goat Simulator 3. Which is kind of hilarious because there wasn't a Goat Simulator 2, was there? No, I don't think there was. And I heard <laughs> about that and I was like, what the heck? They just went to straight to three. And I was like, well, whatever. That's their style. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. that's, that's part of marketing there, you know? So the goat has a posse. I mean, everyone knows three is better than two. So why not? Yeah, why not? And then I know the big one that I guess was announced was Street Fighter 6. Mm. So obviously a lot of people are going to be excited about that. Oh, those graphics. I just, I, I'm like, what are they going to do after five? What are they going to do? And adding all that style in there, you know, the, the explosions, the kind of street style, like yeah. the, the comics bits. Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. It looks cool. And I haven't really yeah. dove into a Street Fighter since like Street Fighter 2. But I was like, oh, it's Street Fighter. This looks cool. So I'll probably try it whenever it does come out. I am always surprised with when they put out new fighting games, how they've added a little bit of innovation every time between, you know, stage transfers, destructibles, uh, finishing moves, tag-ins, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it's a genre that every time I look at somebody play it or I dip into it myself, which isn't very often, I'm like, okay, th this is fine. There's not a lot of meat and potatoes here, but then they prove me wrong every time they put out a new game and they're like, hey, we just added a little extra. And I'm like, where, where did you get this idea? Like, I would have never assumed something like this would be added to a game, you know? Right. Because I, I, I just assume it's going to be punch, kick, block kind of thing, you know? But no, they just keep adding a little bit new every time to kind of refresh it. Yeah, some fighting games like to kind of reinvent themselves with that to kind of keep it going. Mm-hmm. Now, Asher, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about Devolver before we go ahead and jump into the Xbox Bethesda portion. Yeah, they, they had uh, five games. I'm not going to talk about all of them, uh, but their whole thing was kind of this wild, campy, sci-fi B-movie setup. You know, they, they had this robot come out with a, uh, a TV in its chest and it had a, a personality that was doing their countdown and everything. Um, it was kind of odd because like the first couple minutes, huge amount of swearing and then it tapers off and it's really clean for the rest of it which i thought was kind of weird like they just jammed it all in the beginning but <laughs> that's so that's, weird that's really no neither here nor there with games it just kind of caught me off guard you know because i was watching it in the living room and my kids are running around and i was like oh let me put on my headphones real quick but um a couple games that they had that really caught my attention um cult of the lamb coming up in august 11th I swear this is someone that was playing Animal Crossing and took a break <laughs> to play Hades and was like, what if I make these the same game? That's oh my crazy. God, I can see that with the art style. Yeah. 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 It's got that like top down Hades kind of fighting style and everything. But like a lot of the stuff just gives me that Animal Crossing, like go around talking to people. You've got your little village kind of like 
feel because it's got a lot of the little animal characters and everything so like it it it, it could be one of those things like um all the memes of uh the character from animal crossing and the doom slayer guy you know um it, it kind of like reminds me of that so i can see that one actually doing pretty well um, quick side note there's a demo of that available on steam oh like well, right I now know what i'm doing later <laughs> i was looking it up and it clicked on the web page and it said download the demo so i clicked on it and yeah it's available to download right now on steam and nice. the full game comes out august 11th which is okay. right around the corner yeah yeah that oh, is that's soon and it's on all systems wow yeah yeah it's on everything um the next one that i thought was really interesting looking was Angerfoot. so first person shooter game you know diamond dozen kind of thing but it was over the top cartoony and you can shoot your gun and do everything but you also instead of like having a kick or i'm sorry you have a kick instead of like a gun butt or a punch kind of thing and it's it is an over the top cartoony your leg just kind of shoots straight out kind of kick but the graphics on it aren't like old 8-bit or anything like it they look clean new cartoony right uh but i guess you could unlock uh, new sneakers and change out your foot gear boots and shoes and stuff to change up like things your kicks might do and everything so it's like i don't know a, a bit of a twist on a shooter and it sounds like it might actually have some kind of like gimmicks that are more fun than just gimmicky so yeah that's i it. did catch that one because that's the one that starts off right off the bat where he's just kicking a bunch of doors in yep yep yeah i did catch that one is yeah, it a bit Sunset recent. Overdrive or Borderlands when you say kind of in your face over the top first person or? Uh, yeah, Borderlands, but like less post-apocalyptic looking. You know, it, it's going to be that like kind of uh, action gun and go kind of gameplay. And then like Borderlands over the top has, you know, all these wild characters and, you know, crazy names and everything. It, I think it'll take some of that but like it's but more modern yeah and it wasn't exactly gory but you did like kick a person in half but it wasn't yeah it didn't linger your screen isn't covered in blood you didn't see a spine so it's that weird kind of thing where you're like that was graphic but it didn't make me feel bad you know by the way there's a demo for that available right now on steam as well (laughs) well i'm gonna have a busy night And then um, the, the last of the, uh, there were five. And like I said, I want to talk about three of them. Uh, the last one was Skate Story. And I'm not one for skating games normally, but this was the most psychedelic looking skating game I've ever seen. Uh, your character is described as being a demon of pain and glass. That's wow. Okay. That sounds like a George R. R. Martin book, The Demon of Pain <laughs> yeah, and Glass. Right. So you're skating around as a like crystal figure. You don't have facial features. Your scarf is made of crystal. You know, you're catching the light and refracting light through you and everything. And you're just skating around. And it, it has, you know, similar things you'd expect from, you know, a skate games, grinding, you know, flips, tricks, jumps. The only thing that I had to say other than that it was just wild looking and it would be a real visual journey is that if this game has a real good soundtrack, it'll do well. Yeah, because I'm looking already, at the trailer right now. It does look pretty interesting. Yeah, those visuals, it's just, it's so out there, but it's also like soothing in a way, you know? Like I, I can see it eating up time and being a relaxing instead of frustrating game, you know? What a weird 
like description for a skating game though <laughs> yeah you're yeah. a demon made of glass and paint it's yeah. a freaking skating game and then that's the thing like like i say that and it starts to kind of give you an image and once you've seen the character like this is this is exactly it you know that yeah. statement and this character are perfect so yeah I, I i'm not a skating guy but i'm gonna want to check that one out it definitely seems intriguing for sure based off the trailer yeah so those those are my devolver picks all right so i guess for that we will go ahead and start diving into the xbox portion and like i said i'm just going to kind of like go in order of the way it was shown on the conference and then we'll just kind of give our thoughts first that was a lot to go over i just want to say ahead of time so i had huge expectations um starting right into it i was super psyched as we got towards the middle i'm like man i hope they understand the assignment you know do they know what we want here and then by the end i still ended really happy but there were some big you know i expected another surprise or two some big things that weren't there um so yeah but let's go over what they did show oh i see i turned it off at like the last 10 minutes i just it looked like it was over so i just skipped like the last 10 minutes i hope i didn't miss anything (laughs) He, he didn't really do that but we'll just pretend like he did but i i i'll quickly note that i was hoping to see like uh the new fable and i didn't get to see that so i was like oh that kind of sucks yeah but that was never that, happening never happened. i mean i didn't anticipate it but i was like there's still a hope there i want to see it. you gotta let him down easier than that we don't want to crush poor tony well, I mean, if I, I wouldn't have told him that before ahead of, ahead of time, I might have said, Tony, don't get your hopes up. But now that it wasn't <laughs> yeah. there, you know, we all knew. <laughs> that was the only one that I was like, hey, I would like to see a new fable. But I was like, not really anticipating it, but it would have been cool. But other than that, first game we got off uh, with actually quite a bit of what looked like gameplay for it was Redfall. And yeah. uh, I got to be honest, it looked pretty freaking cool to me. Like, I think I'm actually going to play this one. Yeah, we got a teaser. Um a little Last while year. back yeah and i was interested it was i was curious and i was like how are they going to make a game about killing vampires have a lot of substance without you being overrun by vampires right and yeah. four player co-op it kind of looked a bit left for daddy again yeah. you know so yeah. i wasn't sure yeah, yeah when they first did that i was like oh i don't know this might be a miss for me but then when i saw it today and it looked more of a first person shooter and you could play like a solo campaign i was like okay now i'm way more intrigued by this I did like that it was like a, a first-person shooter action slash horror, not horror action, because it's definitely more actiony than, yeah, than it's more like scary. But like, I did like that they they kind of went with that, and I thought all the player player character designs were really cool. You know, they're they're unique, they're different, they're not they don't feel the same or really feel like any of the other characters I've seen from similar kind of games. It does have a lot of that Left for Dead four-player vibe, right? it doesn't feel like the same game. I think there's more to it. Yeah, it does have, here's my, what my first thought on it was I, it started and uh, the action jumped in, they got into the actual gameplay graphics. And my first thought was, Oh, people are going to be disappointed. Now I say that because all we had a year ago was that teaser trailer full Mm -hmm, CGI. It was the one more thing at the end of last conference. And so going from that kind of CGI trailer and all that flash to the gameplay, uh, I'm like, Oh, people are going to think these graphics are a little subpar, you know, because people love to jump on that. But happily um, by the end, I was pretty satisfied, like you're saying, and I didn't hear much negative about it. 
So no, you know, even even the graphics wise to me looked pretty solid. It like, did. It was solid. It just wasn't as flashy as the trailer. You oh, know what right. I mean? It's like yeah. they're like, oh man, these puddles, these puddles do not have the same reflections as <laughs> they had a year it ago. A, it went a little darker too. Like I, I feel like they pushed more for the horror aspect of the game, at least in the beginning of the trailer, when she's kind of exploring the church area and then the stuff kind of just jumps out. Yeah, I hope it has story. Uh, there was a little bit of an MMO feel to it. It said you could adventure alone or with friends, though, which is good. Yeah, um, it so could be played solo. solo. But when I say MMO aspect, I mean, like you go into an area and then there's a group of bad guys. You wipe out, you go to another area. Like yeah. there's kind of floating, hanging out there. We're ready for you to fight them. Like uh, DC Universe Online kind of had a vibe like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, but it looked cool. It looked cool. So Nothing. I got to kind of be on both sides of the fence on the graphics thing there, because I think the character design is really cool. I think the levels looked great. I liked seeing, you know, the movie theater in the background, all the buildings mm -hmm. look really good and everything. What caught my eye and I was kind of bummed about is I thought that every single vampire looked like they had just went and seen the matrix and blade that weekend. <laughs> yes. style. Like they, they all had that feel. And I'm like, I don't know. And a part of it, I think, was the long coats and stuff didn't have a lot of flow. They were very stuck to the character. No, model. that's exactly so, what I'm talking about, Asher. Like yeah. you'd come up and there was a cluster of them, like three of them just kind of floating, hanging out together. And they all had that exact same vibe. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's what what struck me like that, too. But but aside from the vampires, like the cultist guys, they looked all right because they, they kind of remind me of, you know, things you would see from uh, Watch Dogs or a Fallout game or something right. like Bandits. They, they were a little more diverse. So um, maybe the vampires will be changed up a little bit. You know, maybe that's something mm -hmm. they're working on still. So um, but towards the end, they had two quick clips into what showed uh, weapon customization and uh, a level up tree. So RPG elements. Right. So with those, that kind of stuff usually gets me pretty excited. So being able to play with friends and customize my gear and my character. And yeah. Everything, this I is Arcane cool. Austin, right? Um, were they, were they the ones so. on Prey or Dishonored 2? I think they were Prey. Both, I, I get the different Arcane studios. Well, because Arcane has a couple different in-house groups, but yeah. I, I think they were Dishonored. Okay. Okay. It, it felt good. You know what I mean? I could see that stealth gameplay coming in, even with a group. So yeah. cool. For, sure. for some reason, I thought they mentioned that they worked on both Prey and Dishonored. Probably because Arcane. Whenever they did. announced the trailer, yep. yeah, yeah, then they might have just mentioned Arcane overall. Then, yeah, uh, and that one's you know un unnamed 2023 date, so you know we know it's coming at some point, and it's a uh, Xbox PC. So, yep. Yeah, I'm glad you wrote that because I forgot to write down this stuff, but I know that was a day one Game Pass. I do know that. Which okay. is pretty cool. Yes, I tried to get a lot of them down, but like you know, sometimes I was already taking notes on the next trailer. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if they're first party, they're probably day one, right? So this, yeah, was, most of the I first, so. the big stuff was day one. Actually, most of the stuff in general, I think, was day one mm -hmm. Game Pass because I was, I just remember seeing a lot of Game Pass things at the end of the stuff, and I was like, holy crap, they're playing on that and a lot to Game Pass, which is cool for Game Pass subscribers for sure. All right, what do we now, got next? Yeah, next one, the first thing I wrote down for my note was like, this looks like an Asher game, <laughs> which was uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song. And mm. We talked about it a little bit before we came on that you played the original Hollow Knight, I guess. So this is more of a sequel. Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually played it. I've watched oh, okay. people play it. I've been kind of into it. I'm on the fence because um, I don't do as well with side scroller games. I'm bad about jumping into hazards, but this looks like Hollow Knight. 
And I'm not saying that in any bad way because the statement, if it's don't broke, don't fix it. Right. I think applies here because I've never heard anything bad about Hollow Knight. I've only heard people rave about it. And if this is just giving people more of what they want, uh, it looks like it's a new main character. There'll be new mechanics, new attacks, and you know, spells, enemies, new world, and everything. I think it's going to give Hollow Knight fans exactly what they want. That sounded like a pretty good rap. I never played Hollow Knight either, so I didn't have much to say on it. But I was like, if I was into like the side-scrolling kind of game, it seems interesting. But I don't play a lot of those either, to be honest, because they're just too hard for me. <laughs> yeah, it's what Asher said. Um, difficult platformer. Looks like Hollow Knight. I uh, like the style. I think a lot of people will love it. Uh, not something I played. You know what I mean? I, I'm not really right. into the Hollow Knight, Super Meat Boy, like those kind of platformers, but looks good. I think the the only platformer game I really played that I was super into was the Messenger, and I talk about it all the time. And that was mainly because of the soundtrack. So <laughs> it was good. Yeah, yeah it I was a pretty good game. I didn't catch a release date on that one, or if it was a, a day one. It on is game day one. Pass. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So look forward to that. If you're a Hollow Knight fan, you're just going to be able to slide right into this one easily. Yeah, for sure. Next on our list, we got a game which was I didn't really know what to make of this one. Asher, I know you had like mixed thoughts on it. Um, uh, talking guns is about the best <laughs> is about the best note I got and that's high on life yeah that's the next on the list I so, didn't really know what to make of this one it was very bizarre <laughs> <laughs> the very Tickle first Rick. word I wrote down was meh yeah, yeah it's the Rick and Morty game I mean it's, it's the guys from Rick and Morty doing right. voices they're, if, if they're talking guns and they're going to be yelling at you the whole time while you play uh, not my bag but could be funny the, that's that's it it's the talking guns and i'm afraid that's it i think that's all I the game is gonna bleed yeah me. i think that's what the game is <laughs> it's just talking guns I, I saw the gun and i was like oh yeah that's kind of cool and then i noticed that it's all the guns talk to you and they're like a race of i think they were called gunlians or something yeah even the knife <laughs> yeah. it's like i want to stab things yeah keep stabbing stab more um the yep. enemies didn't have a lot of anything to them they were blobby creatures with like a helmet on you know yeah they were kind of bland worlds kind of felt very bland it felt like the whole game was going to revolve around this gun talking to you and cracking jokes and everything you know the various guns because you do change and they they are different because it's a whole like species yeah and i wonder how long that can carry the game My, my worry is that if you're not a big rick and morty fan and you're not into that kind of humor, you'll get 20, 30 minutes into this game and just already be tired of hearing it, you know? Yeah, that so. was the same for me as well. And I've never even watched Rick and Morty. So <laughs> so that's why I kind of like, I was like, I don't really know what to make of this. Well, I think fans of it are going to enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. The question is, is it going to have a long enough campaign to be interesting? And is it going to have any replayability? So, And how are you going to pull in the people that aren't just exclusive Rick and Morty fans is what we uh, got to look at here. I don't think you are on this one. Yeah, I'm guessing I don't think you so either. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, like I said, my first thing I wrote down was meh, and I, you know, I wanted to come out of this positive on everything, but there were some things I was just like, yay. So sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, I also the next announcement, um, I was like, oh, cool, but I'm not, it's not anything I've ever played. And that that was that the uh, Riot Games are g- coming to Game Pass on PC and mobile. What a freaking coup. You know what I mean? How awesome is that? Bringing that stuff into Game Pass and bringing it over. And I mean, League of Legends and Valorant. I mean, 
these are this is a big deal, big yes. deal. And the thing I started with League of Legends when you could buy a physical starter box at Best Buy. So like I started way back at the beginning. I played for a while, and every time they released a new hero or new champion, it was basically fifteen or twenty bucks to buy the points to buy that champion every month. Game Pass unlocks all the champions. Oh. Yeah, there, I did see that. There's a hundred some champions. And if it unlocks the new champion when they come out every month, your Game Pass subscription and what you would have spent on Riot Points is basically the same. If you That's play cool. League of Legends alone and you are interested in any other gaming just vaguely, you might download a game every once in a while. Game Pass is now entirely worth it for you. And I guess I kind of open, like I said, I've not, I don't play a lot of online games. So for me personally, the appeal wasn't there for the stuff, but I can't deny that I know that these games are like big games. Right. But I think they kind of opened a pretty big door there by also doing the mobile option for people. Yeah. Yeah. Wild Rift is basically, you know, League of Legends, you know, but mobile version. And guess what? All your champions there are now unlocked. Valorant, all your agents unlocked. Oh, that's and so good. There's a card game that I'm not, too familiar with but they didn't unlock all the cards because it's kind of a play to collect kind of thing i mean that's part yeah. of the whole point you know okay. what i mean there's not much to play for if you do that right yeah I that's like part of the game they gave you all the starter cards so like things that you would have gotten through like going through multiple tutorials or something you know like in a lot of other you know digital card games they're giving you all the like starter packs basically so if you're into those games game pass is a huge bonus for you all of a sudden yep it helps fill out the fall too, because they didn't have as much coming in the fall as planned with the delays. And uh, this is a really great thing for some people to look forward to. Yeah, Definitely absolutely. adding adding value, you know, just like bringing an EA Play did. And yeah, there's a little bit of a hidden thing that I want to kind of cover in in my opinion with this and League of Legends. League of Legends tends to get overrun with what people call Smurf accounts. They make a new account, they get their one champion they're good with, and they kind of curb stomp the new players because they're in the low brackets. I don't think that's going to be as prevalent now because you're not going to want to buy a Game Pass account for every new account to unlock all your Oh my goodness, could you imagine the amount of money that would go into that? Right, and I'm sure some people will because there are people that just, you know, hey, I jumped $300 on my mobile game today because I wanted to, you know, crush, you know, 80 more balloons or something. Right. Um, but I, I, I hope, I am hopeful that it will cut down on some of that stuff and free up you know, some of the lower brackets so people coming into the game can have a better time, which would be great for Riot because, you know, you want to get new people coming in, enjoying it, and then staying. You don't want them to come in and get turned away because they just got utterly destroyed, you know? And that's kind of where I said we're with a, model, a lot of multiplayer games, I pretty much just don't play because I'll be the person that dives in, just gets destroyed in two seconds. I'm like, what's the point in this? Why am I doing this to myself? Yep, yep, I totally understand. Now, uh, next up on our list is actually really cool, but I actually need to go back and finish the first game, which is available on Game Pass right now, as far as I know. I don't think it's been taken off yet. And that's the uh, Plague Tale Requiem. Plague Tale Requiem. So are we just going to skip uh, those sure are cars and that sure is an airplane? Uh, no, those, those, were, those were after that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't worry, they're on here. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, I, I, 
I missed a game? Yeah, no, it must be after. Yeah, yeah, Plague Tale Requiem looked really cool. Uh, The original Plague Tale was cool and I've never finished it. I just started it for the photo mode and like, wow, yeah, I need to play this sometime and haven't yet. Uh, But now I definitely have to. And also when this first came on Tony, I actually saw it and I thought it was probably Plague Tale, but I'm like, wait, is this Fable? Like, you know, just for a couple seconds. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think the the telltale for me, I was like, oh, this is definitely Plague Tale was the second I saw the rats. I was like, oh, yeah, definitely Plague Tale. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I knew immediately. Yeah, that was a dead giveaway. And I'm I'm pretty excited for that. Like I said, I'm definitely going to go back and finish the first one before this came out because I constantly heard good things about the first one and they just never really dove into it. And then I played a couple hours of it, I think sometime late last year. And for some reason, I got distracted by other things. And I was like, I really need to go back to this. And I forgot about it. Now I got another reason to go back to it because I want to finish it before a new one comes out. Yeah, it's it's not a game I've delved into. Um, the most I know about Plague Tale is um, I listened to Shaleen and Vendertron uh, mm-hmm. talk about that. Um, but they mostly had things, you know, good things to say about it. With this one, when that trailer started, I kept thinking, what game is this? Oh, is this Plague Tale? I don't know. It looks a little too, like she's armored up. She looked ready for battle, like... It yeah, like advanced, it have been a yeah. lot of different things, and um, it looks like it's going to be a great dark fantasy game, you know. Yeah, and, and the first one is kind of like that, but it looks like it's stepping up. It looks like there's more action instead of avoiding yeah. in this one. Yeah, very much so. And I'm, I'm thinking that you'll have a lot of different ways to play too, because you know she dives down and hides under a table in this trailer. Yeah, and I'm 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 willing to bet that that's not the only way to solve that puzzle you know i'm willing to bet that there's a lot of different things you can do to go through every way and uh i think it's going to be a great sequel to the game you know because i think so too progressing the story and continuing on so and uh, i also uh thought it was intriguing how the little brother is like begging her not to kill anybody and then you could still go the route of killing so i'm interested to see how that'll tie into the story yeah yeah character development and that i think it's going to be a really good game Yep, and next on the list, Jessica, is your Cars Galore, or in my terms, um, was just Graphics Explosion, and that was Forza Motorsport. <laughs> yes, Graphics, graphics Explosion. It sounded like they threw all the, the GPU keywords out there, you know, ray tracing <laughs> and 4K and procedurally generated. And I'm not a racing car guy um, or game guy. God, it looks good. It looks yeah. so beautiful. You know, I say, you know, there sure are cars, but yeah, I may not love the Forza games, but they are gorgeous. And it's funny because Horizon had really lapped. Um, sorry, pun kind of intended. Um, <laughs> Horizon uh, Horizon had lapsed the original Forza, but this is definitely stepping up the engine in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm like kind of like I'm a Forza Horizon guy, but I don't really play the motor. I'm not like a track racing. I like the Forza Horizon because of the aspect of being the open world and how you can just try to drive around and explore kind of appealed to me. So I really mm-hmm. enjoyed Forza Horizon 5, but I found myself getting highly distracted by just the river alone <laughs> and how real it looked. I'll probably just trailer. watch it. Yeah, I'll probably just watch people play every once in a while and watch footage just to be like, wow, games can do some really cool stuff, especially with ray tracing in-game footage. Like yeah. that's going to be wonderful. But I'm not great at controlling, you know, those those uh, vehicles with a controller. Like maybe yeah. if I had the wheel and everything, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not good at racing games. My like I said, I, I play in one piece. I play Horizon <laughs> Five, but that's just because I enjoy the exploring. Other than that, I'm pretty much not winning any races unless I'm on the easiest difficulty, but <laughs> 
And the next one we've got planes, which honestly I'm not a big flight simulator guy. So that's that was the next one. It was the 40th anniversary. Yeah, I was kind of curious. Is that a remaster or a new game? Because it looked like it just, just said flight sim, you know, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I think that's all it is. It's just a 40th anniversary with new content. I mean, yeah, it's still just Flight Simulator. It's on console now because it came to console. And yep. uh, yeah, probably just a few added things. I don't really but, didn't catch anything special. Well, there was one added thing that is available today and that it was a Halo DLC yeah. that they added to it. Yeah, because I was kind of snuck that in at the end, like the Halo music played. And I don't know if I looked away or something for a moment. And then that music and I was like, like what's oh? going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah it, it adds like, the Pelican. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. It was the Pelican, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they had the Pelican in. and But like y- you see the Pelican. And I was like, OK, is this going to be a Halo flight sim? Like it's it's added in flight sim. It basically is because yeah. you can fly it. But like I got excited for a standalone Halo vehicle game. Oh, that would be cool. Thing, so. That would have been interesting. What if we were actually flying on a halo, you know, with the ring above us the whole time and doing yeah. that kind of geometry? That would be fun. Yeah, oh, that would cool. actually would have been cool. I might have actually tried it out if that would have been the case. Because then I'd have been like, oh, it's halo without combat. We just fly around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, that could be appealing for like maybe 20 minutes. It's on Game Pass. So why not try it out for a little bit and then just move on? Yeah, for sure. Uh, next one, honestly, I don't care about, so I'll let you all talk about it. And that's Overwatch 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have that written down. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was Overwatch 2, though. It, yeah, it, you it's, know. it's already being played by people. Um, mm-hmm. From what I hear, uh, daytime nap maps are now nighttime. Uh, they add a character, and they've reworked some. Like it, it, it really just feels like they updated Overwatch. It's some of the best FPS gameplay out there. You know what I mean? They got a little bit too heavy into esports, and it became less fun for casual players, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be free to play right out of the gate, which comes with you know free to play negative stuff probably with it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so probably not mine. I might jump in for a few matches, especially if it's free to play. Yeah, if it was for me, I like first person shooters. I just don't like outside from like Call of Duty when I hop hop in with a friend every now and again. I really, I'm just not a multiplayer guy. So that's why I never even played the first one, I don't think. So that's why I was kind of like, I don't really care about this. <laughs> Hopefully someone else does. Competitive games that have an in-game chat or a way for you to message the other players have a problem because of the people yeah. that tend to play those. Mm-hmm. Because I enjoy playing Overwatch the times I do play. But what pushes me away every time is getting that message, you know, through some means they, they hunt me down through like Twitter because of my username or something. Cause I use the same name everywhere. Right. Yep. And they fire off a message about how they were so mad that in this moment, I didn't do this thing and turn and fire this way. I'm like, dude, I have no idea. You know, I, I, and everybody that thinks they're the best at the game thinks they know how you should have done it. And the, the armchair, which is funny because that's what we're all sitting in, um, you know, gamers really kind of ruin those experiences at times. So I, th- I think that's where I've, I've Overwatch can be a lot of fun, but there are a lot of people that can ruin that fun. And I think that's kind of where it just didn't do much for me in the trailer. I'm like, it, it, it didn't give me anything new and exciting to, you know, look forward to. Yeah, I'm sure people that are like diehard Overwatch fans, like, oh, cool, a new like hero character, like that's probably exciting to them. But yeah, as someone who's never really played or dove into it, I can't really comment too much on something I've never played. So I was like, I hope somebody else has something to say because this doesn't appeal to me at all. Yeah. 
well, the the diehard, you know, uh, Overwatch fans have probably just turned it off because of everything I said. So we don't have to worry about it now. <laughs> I mean, the second I said I didn't care, they probably already <laughs> turned it off. <laughs> I mean, hey, folks, if nothing else, we're honest. We're going to tell you what we think. And um, just because we think that way doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> no, that's 100%. I'm going to say exactly how I feel. So if I don't care about something, I don't care about something. And I'm just going to tell you whether you well, like it or not. Some, some of the takes are hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. not all these games you've looked into, although a lot of them we know a little something, something about. Well, some of them didn't give us a lot like this next True. game. Yeah. Aura History Untold. Yep. So Aura Did not give is... me much on this one by some old Civ devs uh, for access. So they talked about how they had a history uh, with, with, you know, these kind of, uh, this kind of game. And initially I'm like, oh, it's an age of empires. But once it got in now, so the idea of Ara, it's a little bit more about uh, human interaction and alternate history, kind of creating your own path through history, which is going to be different than regular and actually manifesting that more than just like, you know, having Americans riding elephants and stuff like you could do in some other games. that's why they showed, you know, the pyramids being built in a frozen area or showing, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I can't remember what nationality it was throwing or showing like a knight how to throw spears like them. And so like they were blending a lot of yeah. things. People playing chess on, on an airship. Yeah, I was just about to mention that, like the hot or the, I wanted to say hot air balloon, but I was like, no, it's not that. It's an airship. Kind of a blimp, <laughs> kind of an airship. Yeah, yeah. Blimp. So, so Ara looks cool, and that's who's making it. Don't know a whole lot about it yet, uh, but they have talked about it before. This wasn't the first reveal, uh, but it was a bigger reveal. Yeah, yeah I'll admit was that it was turn-based strategy, but saying, you know, it's, you know, former Civ devs kind of tells you a lot about what to expect, in my opinion. Yes. And I actually thought when it first came on, I thought it was the next Civ game. Like, I thought it was the next Civilization that's when I first saw it. Kind of what I thought was going to happen. And I had never played a Civilization game before until like last year. I picked up whatever the most recent one was on Switch and dove quite a few hours into it. Oh, Civ and then 6 on just Switch. Neat. Yeah, I just kind of fell off after that, but it was pretty cool. I actually enjoyed the time that I did spend in it. I was getting quite a few hours in there, but I'm not typically a strategy guy, except for like a StarCraft, which I think we were talked about some stuff like that. That's like about as far as I'll go. It's probably my top 20 series Um, in okay. my top 20 Civ. I mean, not not Ara, of course. Uh, Alpha Centauri, which was their space one, was my favorite. But yeah, I've been playing since Civ 2 in high school. Oh, nice. Wow. That's pretty cool. Mm hmm. Now the next one, now this one's exciting for me, but I've already, I mean, I've already pre-ordered it and it's already been announced before. And that was the Elder Scrolls Online High Owl expansion, which is coming to Xbox next week. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. There was already enough information out there, so they didn't touch on this one a lot. But the real big thing, I think, is that this is new ground. This isn't something they've touched ever done any of the games. So this is all new lore, all new story, which is amazing it gives them a chance to really do some new stuff you know and i'm pretty hyped about it because i'm the kind of person that jumps in and out of elder scrolls online and like every time i go into it there's just so much to do because i didn't get onto it from the beginning so i still have like all of the main original base game content to do but oh, i've yeah. done all the stuff in like most of the expansion so i always hop in for a new expansion so i'm pretty excited for this one being as it deals with the bretons which i don't know much about Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see where that goes. And yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's already out on PC. I think it came out like last week on PC. <laughs> I, so I think MMOs with a lot of content need yeah. a guide at the beginning. Because like if you jump in late, like if I jump in ESO right now, I have too many paths to be. Yeah, able to you could go one of like lost. eight of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I kind of I kind of want to play 
from the beginning and go on and kind of hit the the new stuff as i'm getting closer to it in level and everything you know yeah like, um i jumped in uh gta online a year back or so with some friends and through amazon or something i ended up getting like a free like five million or something like that so like i'm at the store buying clothes and guns and everything and like i kind of lost sight of the start of the game so at a certain point i i didn't know what to do or where i was going because i kind of skipped chunks with that that starter boost you know right i feel with some of the mmos so like i'm excited you know for you know new elder scrolls stuff high isles is a really neat idea but i i want a guide to help me get into the game before i would jump into that you know yeah, and I won't deny, I know I'll be playing the crap out of it just because I've played all of the previous expansions and oh, loved them every sure. time they come out. The biggest one for me was Morrowind because that was the first mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls game for me. So, like, the Morrowind expansion came out. Right. I think Here's my the... favorite, though, was Elsewhere. Out of Here's the weirdness on ESO to me. And it's because Tony will probably feel this, and I know exactly where you're coming from, Asher. Whenever I talk to ESO players about where to start or how to go the original path, they're always like, you just pick which one you want to play. I'm like, yep. what? <laughs> like, you make a new character. I'm like, well, what? So don't I have to start with like the Bretons or the, you know, um, the other alliance? And they're like, no, you just, you, you want to start a new character? Play, start and Morrowind and play through that. Start in uh, Somerset, play through that. Start. And I'm like, but I don't understand. But it seems like every time there's a new expansion, you can start a character from level one just in that area yeah you, you start there. in that's exact exactly how they and do they it all it's have a path. Like a, and it's almost like a whole new story so basically anytime an expansion comes out you can start a new character and you are so, like you said right in the beginning of that expansion and then you have like to kind of find your way back to everything else seven <laughs> main quests now and you can just mix and match and then also maybe do the thieves guild and, and or cinnamon and shiz it's just weird yeah, yeah. It's as much as much. i love the game it is a lot to deal with from time to time but my wife likes is one of the games that my wife actually likes to watch because she's a huge Elder Scrolls fan that's because cool. that's our history together. Morrowind was like one of the first mm-hmm. games that I picked up and we actually both played and we would take turns playing. So like we're both huge in Elder Scrolls. So anything Elder Scrolls I'm going to be excited about in general. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty hype on that. Next on the list, I don't know. I don't have much to say because I don't play this game, but Asher, you might have a lot to say with your over 2,000 hours, and that's the Fallout 76 <laughs> DLC Expeditions The Pit, which is releasing in September, which isn't too, too far away. So we've heard whisperings of The Pit for a long time in the mm-hmm. 76 community and whisperings of Expeditions for a long time. And when I first heard about them, my hope was that they were going to be ways to leave the map and go to another map like when you went to um far harbor of course right and i don't know if that's what the pit's going to give us it is that but it's not okay i mean any questions you have on the pit i can pretty much answer them because anything that you know may have at one point been under nda or anything like that is pretty much all out there um the 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 pit is good to go expeditions are a framework for a lot of stuff that are in the future just the first of many uh right now just so there's one main quest in the pts everybody can play uh they said they want to have at least a second uh set of quests possible as you go forward it is a new okay. land area it's not just a glorified daily op except that it kind of is um but the big difference being you can go there every quest is three objectives uh optional objectives there are characters there are factions there are things you can do there and you don't have a timer so you can stay on that map as long as you want but you can't put a camp there. And until they open more of it up, there's some to explore, but not a ton to explore. 
Now, not putting a camp there, I know is going to be disappointing for the entire camp building community. And I know that's a big thing with 76, but having a new map to explore that doesn't have a time limit on it, mm-hmm. I think is a great thing. That's going to be just, some good scenes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just sometimes getting away, like there were sections of the map that I would avoid for long periods of time so that I could then go explore them when I was feeling a little burnt out in some other areas, you know? Like uh, the ash heap was a big one for me. I wouldn't touch that for like six months. And then I'd go cruise around there, build a new camp and everything because it gave me uh, um, a breath of fresh air, so to speak, which is yeah, really exactly. weird for the ash heap. But... That's why I live there. No, ash heap has been my primary <laughs> home for my primary main character camp for over two years now. Yeah, it, It's definitely a unique uh, place in 76. It, mm-hmm. A lot of it feels more like some of the other Fallout games because yeah. of the, the that whole dark and destroyed kind of feel it has um yeah the the no time limit being able to kind of explore a new map even if it's not the full size of 76 if it's one of the like sub zones like if it's maybe ash heap size i think that would be plenty in the end, I think that? that it will be ash heap okay. size. Initially, what we're seeing on the PTS is a little bit smaller than that. Um, yeah. Maybe not a ton, but a little bit. But I do think as they add more stuff to the zone, it may there may be a bit that they just haven't opened up yet. And right. so the quest objectives are going to change each time. But there's basically, you're going to get three out of nine possible objectives to do. You go, you talk to the union over there, you fight against... Um, uh, the fanatics, the bad guys called the fanatics. I know. So okay. name uh, the leader of the union, I think is the hex, which is funny. I keep thinking the bad guys are the hex, but they're not, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's a neat framework. So there's also the responders taking over the white spring, which right. is, uh, which is a whole thing. And we're not going to do turn this into a fall 76 cast listeners. I apologize. I can talk 76 all freaking day. Um, <laughs> sure. but yeah, so it's basically, this is end game content. This is, you go to the white spring, whole cast of characters there uh you get some dailies you can do that you then you know build up a small charge in the battery that you can then fly the vertebrae to the location and then do the quest with the main objectives optional objectives like i said it's going to change each time so they're out of nine and this is just one quest uh, when it launches in september there should be two quests so there should be another possible set of optional objectives and then beyond that hopefully more and they open up more area but the big thing about it is it's also a framework. Now they have right. a framework of a, a quest hub, the location at the White Spring Refuge, a method of travel, which is the vertebrae. By the way, you actually do fly in the vertebrae between the two locations. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's kind of funky. Although right now, if you go into photo mode while you're in there, <laughs> it, gets a little, it gets a little weird. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a cool framework. So who knows where expeditions will take us in the future. So I like that about it for sure. It's going to be neat end game raid-like content you know and some of them may become more raid-like this right now is in between a daily op and a raid yeah um, i think you know? the game needed that building block for more content mm-hmm. um what i'm worried about is that the people that got into the brotherhood stuff and then blew through the quest line and were done in you know two hours after it came out oh my god yeah and we're like well there, there's they didn't add anything i don't think it's going to be enough for to bring those people back or they're going to come in, play it, and then complain about it, you know? They'll play it like a grind. Yeah, exactly. I think those people will come back, play it like a grind. I mean, as far as the rewards from it, it's a better drop rate than some. You know, you're going to be getting That's a rare cool. reward every week if you go every week. You have one chance a week for a rare reward okay. um, when you're when you're the leader. And then you can do, you can be a leader of this once a day. You can play them more than once a day, but you can only get a rare reward if you're a leader. And you can only get that once a week. That's kind of refreshing because yep. having that daily push with, you know, daily ops and uh, your, your dailies for the board and everything, like 
there were some things that kind of really pushed it into grind mode. And, and you can go solo. So you can do this solo, but it will scale up a little bit for uh, multiplayer. Okay, kind of like yeah. running a silo. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this having that framework, um, I think is great. I will say anyone that was on the fence that heard the bad publicity in the beginning and everything that wasn't sure about the game before, this is the time to get into it. It is a lot better than people give it credit for. And there were things in the beginning of the game that I think Bethesda kind of ruined by telling us there were no NPCs. Mm-hmm. When you went through storylines, like the uh, fire breather stuff, you already knew that at the end of that, they were dead. When you went through the mistress of mystery stuff, you know, at the end of that, what's already going to be Hope there. springs eternal, but yeah, it is. It yeah. does put you in the role of kind of an archaeologist, an archivist. But now with all these NPCs that they've added in and all these people roaming around, when you do a quest line, you don't already know the end of it. No, you don't. There is a lot more. There's a lot of depth. It's got all the environmental storytelling it had, all the real rich holotapes and everything, but now it's got more. One of the big issues is, you know, because it is an, you know, a multiplayer game online, the choices you make don't change the world as much as you might want them to, and they wouldn't a single player, but Mm -hmm. you still, you know, your interactions with characters do reflect those choices. You know, you know that you made them and you have that story that you made your own. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, the pit. Um, looks pretty cool. It's going to be fun. Game still needs a lot more. I'm glad there are a couple other, uh, you know, helper studios working on it and I'm excited what they do with expeditions and also more with custom worlds in the future. You know, hopefully they keep making them more and more like mods and that'll make people happy. Yeah. It's going the right way. And that was your episode of Infinite Fallout. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, dude. I had nothing to say there. (laughs) I'm not Uh, sure we gave you any room to talk. No, but it's all right because I anticipated that ahead of time. I was like, I'm leaving this one up to Asher and Jessica since I don't play 76. But I mean, I like the other, like the main Fallout games. I just, I wasn't really into 76. So uh, next thing I'm also not into as much as I love Forza Horizon 5. It was just the Hot Wheels DLC, which if they, were, they freaking already did in Horizon 3. Okay, I didn't write this down because I was confused. Is this part of the new Forza or an old no, Forza? it's Horizon DLC. Yeah, it's Horizon okay, 5, the one. newest one, and they're just nope. doing a new Hot Wheels DLC oh, for it. Okay. But they did the Hot Wheels DLC in Forza Horizon 3 as well. Yep. And, and that yeah, kind of disappointed me because I wanted something new for DLC. But I like them bringing it back. Cool. People liked it. Me first in the Gimme Gimme. That was a fun trailer. Um, I'm it's not going to play it. <laughs> I mean, I probably am. I'm not going to lie because, like I said, I like Horizon. And I like the Lego DLC that was in Horizon 4. It was pretty cool. I, th- I think this is going to do well for Hot Wheels and Forza because it's it's that good crossover where people are going to be able to buy the cars that they enjoy in the game and people that collect the cars are going to be able to drive them now. And yeah. you know, getting that crossover into you know hobbies that may not have normally jumped into one or the other is, is great. I, I think it's great for the developer. I, it's a racing game. It's not for me, but I, right. I see the merit in it, you know. I think the the uh, thing with me is I bought that Hot Wheels Unleashed game a while back, and like I bought the full version with all the cars that was like freaking a hundred dollars, and only played it once. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, Ugh. I think I'm I'm good with Hot Wheels for right now because that one still left a bad taste in my mouth because I that game was ridiculously hard. All right, 
I think we're hitting a spot where we're going to kind of not slide through some of these faster, but I, I think we are going to have a little less meat and potatoes for not some of these games. As much to say. I agree with that. Yeah, I got to yeah. say one more thing about Fallout, though. This is the 25th anniversary of Fallout, so it'd be nice if we got a little bit something more. That's yeah. yeah. I, I would like to see a remaster of something coming. Yeah. Or just add... Well, they already added the Fallouts, like Fallout 3 and stuff into Game Pass, so we don't really need anything, but a remaster of something would have been cool to see. Yeah. Uh, next, I've got nothing to say except for Vin Diesel, and that's Arc 2. <laughs> that's all I... That was the only note I took was Vin Diesel's face was front and foremost. CGI of Vin Diesel is uh, solid. Uh, yeah. He's a little bit less chubby. Um, the Dodos, the Dodos looked pretty damn cool. That was all I got to. Uh, great graphics. I saw, and I was like, those look really familiar. I've never played Ark. Neither have I. From something else. Have you ever played uh, the Beast of Tamriel Skyrim mod? The Dodo models in that are almost exactly the same. I think so. Interesting. Okay. But uh, with Ark 2, I know Ark is a solid game that's got a big following. Yeah, I heard it's really good. And I think this is kind of what they need because the ARC community is a lot like the Fallout community. They like to mod their games. They like to you know tweak it. They like to play it for long periods of time and put a lot of effort into it. And I think it's time that they get a new game. They, that they, they get the reward with new graphics, new story, everything, you know? So we didn't get anything other than a teaser, which was, you know, CGI Vin Diesel. So... Yep, and uh, if that's all you guys got to say, I'm just gonna like a like you said, slide on oh. into the next one here. <laughs> Day one on Game Pass. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, I haven't been mentioning that on any of them because I didn't write it down. So <laughs> yeah, this is where I started writing it down pretty commonly. So no, I will say the next one did hold my attention because it's a horror game, and I'm a horror guy, and that was Scorn. I thought it seemed pretty interesting. Although at first I almost thought it was going to be a sequel. Like when it first showed that initial like hallway kind of area in the beginning, I thought it was going to be a sequel to like Observer because it looked very similar to the Observer aesthetic. I saw it and my thought immediately was who told somebody it was okay to turn a Geiger painting into a game? Yeah. It's just, it is straight up. uh, I believe his name is HR Geiger. Yep. And it is, it is that. It is like you are walking around on the carapace of an alien. Like, it is just yeah, yeah. bizarre. So we first saw this game and a reveal, I believe it was early August 2020. It was not yeah. quite two years ago. And yeah, it didn't look great to me then. doesn't look great to me now. I have a quick rant. If okay. a girl orders a pizza because she's hungry and wants to watch video games, do not have the pizza arrive just as the drippy dong game comes on the screen. <laughs> Disgusting. Not yeah. a fan, way too phallic imagery. And yeah, I didn't eat my pizza for at least five minutes. I'm just like, ew. Yeah. I didn't pick uh, up on that, but I did pick up, yeah, the backgrounds <laughs> are cut. It kind of reminded me of uh oh, there's a game on Switch. Now never mind. Just skip the thought because I don't remember the name of the game, so I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> so Tony, I'm gonna send you a couple of pieces of art from Geiger on Twitter later. Yeah, do that. But sure. he is known for having that weird alien art style, but he's also known for um people swearing he hides genitalia everywhere in his arm. Yes. And once you start seeing it, you don't stop seeing it. Yeah, it's so very probably then see it creepy, horror-driven, but it's definitely got some, like, dude, you need to take a cold shower kind of feel to it, you know? Ugh. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I want to see that now. 
odds <laughs> odds are good you're going to not feel clean when you're done playing this game and you're probably going to be creeped out so hey if, if you're looking for a, a night to make you squeamish play this i guess if you like aliens yeah and this is another day one on game pass and you know what i know what it reminded me of now there was a game that came out and it didn't do well i think it came out in maybe 2017 it was called like agony oh and it was like yeah hell. and this is kind of a similar vibe to that but now mm-hmm. it's aliens instead of hell basically <laughs> uh next on the list we've got flintlock this one actually looked pretty cool to me i mean it's another first person shooter but it kind of appealed to me you're playing i like that you're playing as like a female character and not just some generic character like it looks like there's actually a character development within the story itself mm-hmm. and yeah. it it seemed pretty cool. I, I thought it was an interesting mix of sci-fi fantasy. Um, it, it's a third-person game. Um, the character is very interesting. It uh, looked like it was mostly um, gun and sword play. Um, I'm excited to see more with this. You know, mm-hmm. This is supposed to be an early 2023 game. Um, they didn't give us a lot to go on, but if it's got fluid combat, it's going to be fantastic. Yes, yeah, some of the some of the scenes kind of reminded me of like Elden Ring style bosses a little yeah. bit as well, which is what kind of appealed to me because I like I like the dynamics of even it and the fact that it has a first person shooter kind of aspect to it. But when it mixes in like those big like just massive over the top bosses, that always appeals to me in games. <laughs> I tried very hard on a lot of these not to write Souls-like because at the end of the day, Souls-like is a difficult game with role combat. You know, like it, it's, mm. you know, um, active combat. You can active dodge and stuff. And that's not just a Souls thing. That That's on a lot of different games. It's just that's become, you know, the statement everybody makes. It's like when, yeah. uh, the go-to for open world uh, comparison is breath of the wild it's like look there's a lot of other you know games out there that are like that yep but it's always skyrim or breath of the wild yeah Yeah. so i wanted to kind of break away from that you know it's hard for me to not compare it because with elden ring coming out earlier this year and seeing like the bosses just having like similarities with that kind of thing to me no i totally get that that's probably just because elden ring's fresh in my mind as well (laughs) what did you play recently uh no just a couple weeks ago i'm still on assassin's creed now (laughs) i'm just teasing you I give this one three out of five old school muskets worth of interest. That's about where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next one to me is like a like negative one out of five. (laughs) That's Minecraft Legends. I'm not a Minecraft guy. Uh, I guess it'll appeal to you if you're a Minecraft fan. I don't know. So I've I've played Minecraft and I've played Minecraft Dungeons. And this looks like the offspring of the two games. Mm -hmm. It is not going to take over as Minecraft's new game. I think... Mojang is looking for the next thing. Like Dungeons fulfills its role. It does a thing. I think this is going to fulfill a play style. Exactly. But it's not going to be their flagship game anytime soon. I think they're kind of testing the waters. So if you're into Minecraft, you like the idea, if you've played Dungeons and you like the style, give this a shot, you know? They're diversifying their Minecraftopia. You yes. know, Minecraft yeah. is the flagship. Dungeons is their Diablo-like. Uh, this is kind of a uh, RTS-like, or uh, maybe it's turn-based strategy. But this one's strategy. So they're, you know, they're picking up a bunch of different markets who might be into the style. And maybe as Minecraft players are growing and want to try different genres, you know, if they started young and now they're into other things. I am a Minecraft fan. I haven't played Dungeons. I'll probably try this. 
yeah, I, yeah I, I think a, it's gonna be worth a shot um because if i remember right dungeons isn't like a like full price you know like 67 dollar game right so i'm doubting this one will be either and one of the things that they did with dungeons is after it had been out for a little bit they put out basically a dlc that added in a tower mode you know um they, they've updated the game and changed around and they kind of gave you an end game grind so i'm sure with this too once you hit that end game and you've played it a little bit you'll be able to revisit it because they'll have added something new so uh next on the list i just had to look it up again because i couldn't remember what this was at all <laughs> and that is uh Lightyear frontier which is billed as an open world farming adventure with alien type planets i guess that's one, how they build it on the steam description <laughs> yeah it, it looks like if you took farming sim you know farming simulator and you pulled no man's sky elements into it like I that's really what i thought felt no like man's it was sky. kind of a, a combination of the two um it didn't mention i don't remember if it mentioned it or if it just showed the robots but i got a four-player co-op feel out of it and i'm not really sure how that would work with like a farming sim kind of game mm-hmm. So I don't know. It, it's it, I'm curious. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I keep an too. eye on it because I mean, like I said, I've been playing Stardew Valley a lot, and back in the day, I used to play Harvest Moon. So it could be like that style, but is, the aspect is, of the sci-fi is kind of interesting. Is right. this Lightyear Frontier we're talking about now? Yes. 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 Yeah. I mean, the it's I get what you're saying about Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing or Harvest Moon, any of that. Uh, it looks a bit more complicated than that, and the fact that it's got some mech stuff uh, looks does, really neat. Yes. And the No Man's Sky art style, yeah, I, yeah. I, this one has me pretty interested. Yeah, yeah, I think it could be really good. And this is another uh, day one on Game Pass. So uh, keep an eye on that when it comes up. Uh, scoop it up, give it a play, you know. And uh, yeah, it is listed on Steam that it does have an online co-op. So you were right on that. There will be some some kind of online co-op involved in it. Yeah, for sure. And if it's something that's good, like these day one game passes we pay for game pass you know but we're not buying the game so a lot of people are like oh well we're not supporting the devs let me tell you i guarantee they're looking at download numbers they see how often games are downloaded and how regularly you know and what quantity so if you see a game like this and you're curious about it snag it up you know if it's good tell your friends you get those numbers up that developer is going to get a chance to make another game you know so if this one's good, if it looks good, if you're interested, give it a shot. I'm going to be checking it out. So, And then uh, the next game on the list, I guess, is coming to Game Pass, but it's already been out since 2020, and that's Gunfire Reborn. I don't really oh, have a whole lot to say on that one. I, I watched this trailer. I didn't write it down because my brain didn't process anything. Not a yeah, that's where it was to be. Like I mm-hmm. wrote it down, and that was <laughs> yeah. it. And I literally just looked it up now and saw that it came out in 2020. So I'm kind of yeah. like, oh, it's been out for a while. Same. I think I was finally able to eat a piece of pizza. That's probably what happened during this one. <laughs> that's kind of the same where I am with the next one as well. But it actually did look interesting to me. It looked like it had a slight horror element to it, and that's the Lost Case of Benedict Fox. Yeah, Benedict Fox looked dope. Yeah, that yeah. actually looked pretty cool. This one looks definitely like it's got some horror elements, um, more mystery. of the like, eldritch kind of mystery stuff. Yeah, that's what I was um, thinking, like a mystery element to it. It's it's a side-scrolling platformer. Uh, you, you have some gun and knife play, but it looks like there's going to be a, a lot of, you know, 
story to it. You know, a lot of stuff that's, I, I put down suspense horror because I don't feel yeah. like they're going to tell you every step of the way what's going on. Man. I think this is one that you're going to play through the second or third time before you really have a handle of this story. Maybe suspense gonna... adventure platforming kind of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, it, it's hard to describe, but it kind of makes me think of like the cave. I'm trying to think of like side-scrolling adventures, you know, uh, what was the one on the island made by that studio? It was an indie game a couple of years ago. They did after party as well, I think. Mm, I'm not I sure on that one. Yeah, suddenly escaping me. Oh, well, people listening probably know. Anyway, that's getting a sequel soon. I like that kind of vibe. I like an adventure that is uh, got some horror elements, but it's got some platforming. Uh, old school. Benedict Fox looked dope. It's, it is it's uh, a pretty clean art style. It's it's not like a, a pixel kind of thing, which you would expect with a lot of side-scrolling platformers. So uh, yeah, yeah. If, if you know pixel games kind of tend to turn you off, this isn't one of them. It, it's no, it seemed really cool. Yeah, yeah, and and all the cutscene stuff looks like it's going to be very interesting. So, and it's kind of judging from a lot of the sub like the headlines is built as like a Lovecraftian Lovecraftian Metroidvania style game. Yeah. Mixed with cosmic sure. horror. So there's definitely horror vibes to it. So that seems pretty cool. I do like that in the uh the Steam description that it mentions a world of twisted secret organizations, forbidden rituals, and cold-blooded murders. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that very sounds very Eldritch, interesting. For sure. Very Cthulian. The next game on the list actually caught my attention because it was the graphic, like the animated graphic novel kind of a game, and that's as dusk falls. Mm-hmm. And I think, Asher, we were talking about it a little bit earlier that the voice acting sounded very well and the story seemed like it was going to be really cool. I like when a game comes out that does something that like I haven't seen before and this looks like that game for me. Yeah, the the graphic novel style interactive story, um, you know, it, it's, it's almost like uh, instead of flipping through panels, like they're kind of sliding almost animated, but not quite because you're still getting that like stutter like you are between like a comic panel. But yeah, the, the, right away, the voice acting stood out to me as being very good. Um, I'm excited for that because sometimes in a game, you know, somebody is exclaiming something or, you know, they should be having a stressful moment and the voice acting doesn't convey that. So I don't know if they're not given direction right or, you know, maybe the way it's written on the script they're given. But right. this one sounds like it was, it's very well set up. All the audio sounds like it should from what I heard, you know. And it looks like it's going to have a lot of branching stories like uh, Detroit did, where it kind of shows you what your different paths could have been and everything. And I I think that's great for a game because, you know, replayability for a game, knowing that there were other options and wanting to discover them and go back, I think is awesome. I like visual novels. If it's good, it could be like you mentioned Detroit. And I'm thinking Heavy Rain is kind of what first came to my mind when I saw it. So, yeah, like a Quantic Dream style or even Supermassive, like Until Dawn or something, but in a different in a different style. Funny you mentioned Supermassive because I've been playing the quarry this weekend, but I'm going to wait till next week to get into that because I spent $70 on it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to see how I feel after I finished it, if it was worth $70 or not. But so far, I've been enjoying it. It's pretty good. Okay. Okay. But other than that, next on the list, I have no idea what this is, but I guess it's been out for a while. It's called Naraka Blade Point. (laughs) Yeah. And they mentioned something about a campaign for it. This is a PC Battle Royale game, but it's not your standard you know assault rifles and pistols kind of thing this is japanese katana naganata um kunai bow yeah i think there might even be some magic in it but it's refreshingly different 
for a battle royale, you know? When I first saw it, I thought it was a new fighting game. Like when the trailer first started, because that's what it looked like to me. It was very fighting game-esque. And that's the thing. A lot of the combat is fighting game-esque. It's just not in the two-dimensional space. Um, But it it is going to be new to console. It's coming June 2030th. (laughs) June 2030th? Now I tell time like Tony. Yeah, asterism now. (laughs) Um, But it's going to be cross-play between uh, console and PC. So that'll give you a good player pool to jump into. And if you like battle royales, but you kind of frustrated with, you know, long range combat, this is going to be more up in your face and personal. Uh, if you like, you know, the whole idea of double jumps and slide evades, you know, stuff like that. Check this one out. But it's- the twist there is that they added a campaign. It's going to have a campaign mode. So that's, yes, I'm assuming yes. that's like a single player story mode kind of to it. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. There wasn't really any word on how long that's going to be or yeah, I don't how know. much it's going to give. But if it gives enough narrative for people to be interested in the game and then give more longevity to the battle royale function of it, great. And giving a battle royale game uh, a narrative gives you the options for sequels and spinoffs and stuff in my opinion yeah that was what surprised me because it started as a battle royale like i mentioned that and then it was like campaign i was like wait what mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. that actually caught my attention a little bit and maybe take pause mm-hmm. uh next on the list the first thing i said was that rocky probably turned out for this one because it had no voice acting <laughs> and that was pentiment yes yeah oh my yeah pentiment so i'm gonna play this one I'm going to play the hell out of this one. But the art style was interesting. I mean, it had that, you know, it takes place basically, you're a monk uh, in medieval times working in an abbey, and then you get drawn into like mystery and intrigue, and it becomes kind of a murder mystery deal. It's a very narrative heavy RPG adventure by Josh Sawyer uh, from Obsidian. So I've been excited about it for a while, but I had no idea what the art style was going to look like till I saw this. And I was a little bit surprised, I'll be honest, but I'm still going to play it for sure. The beginning of it kind of reminded me of that game that recently it was it came out of game pass i think a couple months ago where you're like in the painting mm-hmm. i think it was made by like one procession developer. to calvary yeah procession. yeah that's kind of a monty python joke game it's it's very funny it's like that's actually even though it looks kind of you know <laughs> odd it's worth checking out just because it is literally it is actually funny yeah the style of the beginning of this game kind of reminded me of that one a little bit I felt like the art style was if you took the face cards out of a deck of cards and did them in a stained glass. It's yeah. colorful, but it's got that same kind of like wine art uh, aesthetic that those face cards have. It's not bad by any means. It very well fits in with the time frame of the game and all the dialogue. It comes up like almost like on a scroll and the words are there, but they're being like bold printed as they're yep. reading through them. So it draws the eye. Um, I had written down that it was kind of like, it looked like it was going to be a day in the life of a medieval man. I didn't catch that you were a monk, but I did see that you were like helping with an autopsy and stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's going to be different for me. It's not something I normally would delve into, but it, it, it's, it's an interesting style. And I'm, I'm excited to see what you think with it, uh, Jessica, because it's, something different and i know it's something that you're going to jump into yeah ahead of time people compared a lot to disco elysium which is partly why i got really excited you know narrative heavy a lot of branches really Mm -hmm. interesting characters so if it follows that path i'm gonna love it 
the way that the wording, you mentioned the lettering, the way that it kind of unfolded, I didn't like that. I felt it was slow, but hopefully you can speed that up. And then when they got to menus a couple of times and I'm like, oh my God, the menus are deep and there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And then some of the scenes where it backs off and you're like an illuminated manuscript. Yeah, that looked really cool. So I'm not knocking the art style. I just did not expect it to look like it did. Right. It's very unique. So, Mm -hmm. um, and and I like when things are unique like that because I don't want the same thing all the time. You know, every game should be different. I agree with that. Next up on the list, we just got a full game release for Grounded. I mean, that's pretty much all I got for that. (laughs) (laughs) Can't really access for how long now? So it's just getting the full release. That's that's my problem. I I feel like it stayed in early access for too long. Yeah. Yeah. Feel like a release. This feels like DLC. I'm not a fan of early access, to be honest. Um, that's a whole discussion, but I'm not I either, do think it should be quick or like a limited window, early access for a month yes. or two, like a beta, and then we take it and then it has a real release. Um, mm-hmm. This looks cool, uh, full story now. So that's going to actually be a big difference uh, if there's a campaign. And, you know, my friends kids are going to love it. That's how kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, I think the people that have played through it and, you know, enjoyed it and wanted more are getting what they wanted now. But I get, yeah, it, it's... Early access is something that should be early and short. You know, if mm-hmm. you pre-order, maybe you get a couple days, you know, before the game comes out, which depending on the game, if there's competitive nature, that's not good. But if it's just, you know, a single player thing or something, if I get to play it two days early because I pre-ordered it, yeah. fine, or a collector edition, whatever, you know, but putting a game out, having it out for, I don't know, how long's Grounded been out now? Six months, eight months? Oh, gosh, at least. Even longer, I, I feel like it's been a year yeah. and a half. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I can that's too far for a game that is, you know, not a game yet, you know? I mean, it, it is. Yeah. It's playable and everything, but like, just say it's a release at that point and then call this DLC because that's kind of what it is. And it's got a lot of appeal. I mean, friends who are into building have told me the building and it's really fun. Yeah. You know, it is yeah. a survival game and yeah. in some ways and a building game. And it's got all those things that we like, but I, I guess I should uh, temper that back a little bit. I am not knocking the game. The game is solid from everything I've heard. Yeah. Not it seems it cool. Myself, but I, I know people are into it. It looks neat. Just that whole like, the fact that it was part of this as a big deal. Hey, we're releasing the game. No, you're not. It's already been out. So right. hard to get excited yeah. about something that feels like it's been out for two years. Yeah. And yeah. it's, uh, and it was kind of like, Oh, game pass, but it's already on game pass as well. So <laughs> I'll, I'll climb so. down off my soapbox on this one. Don't worry. In two more games, I'll jump right back on it. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, this one was kind of intriguing. It, uh, is era i don't i'm probably gonna pronounce this wrong but araban shadow legacy it's like the stealth kind of platformer game i think you nailed it hopefully yeah it's a a 2023 game uh coming out uh day one on game pass um that is looks to be an entirely stealth game where you are a shadow ninja of sorts taking out robots uh it gave me aragami vibes Okay. I think that's okay. the I think that's a game which Aragami 2 is available on Game Pass. It kind of gave me a vibe, it's very similar to the way that one looks. Never played it, but I've seen a couple trailers on that game and it kind of it seemed like a very similar style. They're both stealth games. You're like a shadow ninja in both of those. So <laughs> kind of like similar, but it seemed kind of cool. I mean, I, I if you're in that kind like of game. If you are into stealth games, there are a couple solid possible entries, you know, coming up in this. And like 
let's say you were just playing like Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, either the the original or the newer one, and you want more robot killing action, this will give it to you in a new style, I think. So like it could be something that draws those people in. Uh, all the you know stealth gameplay people are going to be up for it. Uh, you know, you're a ninja character that turns into smoke. Like I, I think it's going to yeah. have a pretty broad audience. Um, but we didn't get a lot of i'm not sure we got gameplay or if we got just i think uh, we got trailer footage i feel like it was some yeah i'm looking at the trailer again on on uh steam and it looks like it was mostly like a cga trailer cga (laughs) cgi trailer but i think it had a little bit of the gameplay mixed in like a little bit of the stealth aspects of it but i did think what stood out was the fact that it was like robots that you were taking out which was yeah, kind of interesting. We're getting to that point with uh, quality of game graphics where if you turn off the UI, it's hard to tell if it's, you know, actual in-game footage or if it's, you know, a video they've made. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, next one is huge for me. Actually, we were already talking about it. It's kind of a deferring opinion for some people, but for me, extremely excited. Freaking Diablo 4. I got to see some new gameplay. Uh, the first thing I got to say was the Necromancer is returning, which is I was super excited about. Awesome. That's kind of my main Diablo character that I usually like to play as is a necromancer or a druid. Druid was already announced before, so I was already excited about that. But uh, I got quite a bit that I wrote down for this one. The first big thing for me was the full character customization that they've added to it because they haven't really dove into no, that before aside from armor sets. Oh, it's been based on your class. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually pretty excited about that. I was like, oh, I can like fully create my own character and have it be unique to me. And that really stood out to me. Open world Diablo uh, also has me excited. They added hairstyles and tattoos. That's something. <laughs> it is something. And I, I I warned you guys. You know, this is the second game in. I'm 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 a little I'm a little down on Diablo games anymore. But yeah, you told to me that. To say that's a full character customization when you know you you it's hairstyles and tattoos. Now that does give you a lot because you didn't have any before. No, we didn't. So, so to me, it's full character because we didn't have any before. But yeah, it, it it's like no boss added, factory. Yeah, they added a lot of inclusivity and being able to make your character look like you or like you want is really great. It's it's awesome. I just ah. Uh, I'm going to step back a little bit from this one just because I don't want to be super negative for no good reason. Let's let, yeah, let's let Tony get into it. I'm with you on Diablo oversaturation recently with, you know, uh, the two remake coming out and then Diablo Immoral having some issues and, you know, we've got all of that. And then four, I am almost as psyched as Tony for this though. I I mean, I think it's going to be a really good game given how great Diablo three was and the way they're picking this up. But what else do you have? uh, The main thing I, I'm pretty excited for, I will admit, is it looks like they're going back to a similar art style to Diablo 2 with the more of the gothic dark style, which is my Diablo. I like that way more than Diablo 3 because I've, Diablo 2 is where I started in the series. So so I do have Resurrected. I still play it from time to time on Switch. But I like that it's newer graphics. Like the graphics look obviously better because it's a new Diablo game, but done with that more gothic kind of style intrigues me a lot. I also, like I said, I'm excited about that. It's an open world Diablo. Like they made sure to emphasize that. I always thought that Diablo already kind of had open environments, but being able to just kind of go off and explore at your own pace is going to be really interesting to see where they go with that for a Diablo game. Not only is it open world, but it's stated to be not or open world non-linear. So yeah. theoretically you could go anywhere at anywhere. any time. That makes me wonder 
how they balance difficulty because technically Elden Ring is nonlinear, but you can go to the wrong place at the wrong time kind of deal. Yeah. So is it going to scale with your level, which should give you difficulty evenly all the time, or can you kind of over level yourself for an area and then go explore it? So I feel like curious how they're going to do that. I feel like because it's Diablo, it's going to stay at your level, but I don't really know. Like the previous Diablo games, everything is pretty much at your level. Now you can, I think in Diablo 3, you could super overpower yourself and just destroy stuff. But <laughs> based off of Diablo 2, as far as I can remember, unless you go to like a harder difficulty and then go back to an easier difficulty, then you could kind of stomp stuff. But yeah, I feel like it's going to be probably leveled at you. Um, they mentioned something that was also new to Diablo games was Strongholds which is like enemy areas that you can cleanse and then they could potentially turn into basically like an NPC town area after you've defeated all the enemies in there. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was I thought no. that Zoom closed for a minute there. Oh, okay. I was I, just double checking because that happened to us before. <laughs> I, I'm, I didn't have a lot of great, you know, like yeah. when this fired off i wrote down this looks like a diablo trailer and my next Mm -hmm. sentence was oh this is is a a diablo Diablo trailer trailer." yeah Yeah. (laughs) i felt like they just gave me more of the same which is what i've felt since diablo 2 opening with the necromancer um that i mean it was great to have a class reveal i will say that compared to some of their cgi stuff that they've done in the past it looked a little rough but then when it went into the you know the full party and then the game itself you know i did like yeah. the gothic vibes i liked a lot we're seeing i think what do they say like a semi-open world a couple hundred dungeons 100 150 dungeons yeah, like, it was a lot it was like 150 or 160 yeah dungeons. a lot going on it's gonna it's gonna be its own thing you know right. it, I, i'm i'm excited about it i will definitely play it i no. did like the format of three with the linear story uh but i have a feeling this will have a pretty strong through line just you know despite how open it is we'll see people no, the- that were upset about the announcement of immortal back when when the the, the famous line of don't you all have phones uh-huh um, this is going to make them happy this is a true Diablo entry. Yes. And I mean, the, the deal is we're just, we are slightly oversaturated because Immortal is leaving a bad taste in some people's mouths. It's funny mm. because people are like, oh, good guy Blizzard bringing it to PC, not just mobile. It's going to be on PC. And that is true. Right. It is good guy Blizzard. But now you're bringing a mobile game, which has been made better than people expected on PC. And I'm here for a lot of people playing the first 20, 30 levels. They're, they're enjoying it. They're not putting any money in, uh, but it does become very grindy if you don't put money in. And it's like the estimation that if you wanted to fully pay for a character to the top level was what a hundred thousand dollars or something ridiculous yeah. like that yeah, it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> which but i mean that's obviously no one's actually going to do that but even the idea that you know someone could put a couple hundred into it like that is yeah. a lot well mm. i heard someone already spent like four thousand or something like that and didn't even get any legendary gems after spending that amount of money <laughs> in immortal so well you got to remember there are going to be content creators out there that are that's who do did that it, yeah. because you know that their monetization through their video and everything's going to get them more revenue. It's true. Doing that. So, you know, now the, we, I got we were talking more, about four. So, yeah. And I got one more thing to note on that. And this one is a little more negative for me. It's the kind the local events seemed interesting. They had that in Diablo three, but like the uh, world bosses and PVP, like multiplayer aspect to Diablo four. I mean, I guess it's big for, um, 
like multiplayer fans of Diablo games because they've always been in there. But it kind of sucks for me because I don't really play with other people. So that means I'm going to miss out on some of these world bosses. That was kind of a doubter for me because it's like you have to play with other people in order to trigger some of those world boss events. I was like, well, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, but, when you have content that's set up for multiplayer, if you give a solo player a way to do that, it kind of takes something away from it. Like um, that's true. MMOs where you have to take, you know, 25 people in and do a raid to get a piece of equipment. Or I can spend a couple of weeks doing solo quest, earning tokens to buy that piece of equipment, you know? Yeah. It, it kind of makes it feel like, well, why should I work with all these people? I can just go put, do the solo player route, you know? I think everyone should get a chance to do content, but right. it's hard to do some of that content where it's both solo player and big group thing, you know? Yeah, well, they kind of did it a little bit with Diablo 3 because there was some of those, like, local event like boss fights that would kind of pop up but you didn't have to play with other people so right. i kind of feel like they could have done that anyway and maybe made a couple of them specifically for multiplayer that were like harder or something like that but still kept maybe at least a few for the solo players that primarily play solo yeah and it's it's not out yet so there's still a chance for them to do something like yeah they could you still can do that. tackle it solo and it is incredibly difficult but the more players are maybe the difficulty and the loot ramps up you know it goes from dropping you know maybe five items to if you have 15 people there it drops you know 30 or something i don't know i'm just spitballing numbers out there but there are ways that they can make that more functional for everyone yeah and then they've added specific uh pvp zones i don't really have much to say on that because i'm not a pvp player so <laughs> but i mean that's kind of cool for people that might be interested yeah, in people that people that but... want it it's it's definitely there and then uh, I think the last note I had was that they're adding like an end game to it so that there's like more to do after you've already beaten the main game. That there's got to be an end That's game. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've kind of always done that a little bit, but it's mostly been expansion. So this running risk continuation. Yeah. Your optimization. Yeah. Um, so that's going to do it. Like I said, I was really excited because it was Diablo 4 and I've been playing Diablo since Diablo 2. So anything that looks like the style of Diablo 2, but just modern Diablo, I'm going to get excited for anyway. <laughs> so I had a lot to say there. Uh, next on the list, I've got nothing to say. Sea of Thieves, Season 7. <laughs> Pirates. That's all it's I got to update. say. It's the captain update. You can name your ship. It looks like you get new you know, ship cosmetics. So you can maybe some of the treasures that you've gotten, you can you know, have plastered on the wall. So they can't finally stolen, but you can save them. them. Yeah, yeah. That's been a big thing. Every time you load into Sea of Thieves, your ship is a plain default ship. You have to go to the shipwright and recustomize it how you want it, which gives you a chance to mix it up. But come mm -hmm. on, you should be able to save a default ship configuration. Now you can yeah. with the name, with the captain's quarters, all that. It, it felt almost like this is something that should have been there but at least it's getting it and sea of thieves has had nothing but free updates you know it's been going pretty strong if you're a sea of thieves fan this is giving you something new to work with something new to play with so i mean it, it, that's all it is it's an update it, it was just getting mentioned because it's coming out there you know and that's going to be coming up on july 21st yeah that's i remember that being very close so if you're, I've never played Sea of Thieves, so that's kind of where I was just like, oh, more Sea of Thieves. Like we've seen a bunch because they did like a Pirates of the Caribbean thing recently too. So mm -hmm. I've, I've kind of like, okay, I've seen enough of these trailers. <laughs> uh, next game, I honestly don't remember what it is at all, and it's Ravenlock. Mm. 
I don't they remember looked, this one or the one after it that I have on my list. So <laughs> that's where we're at It looked now. cool. That's all I got. I don't remember who made it. I don't remember anything about it. I just said, this is cute. And it's funny. I mean, I watched the presentation two times through. You know what I mean? I've yeah. watched the Starfield thing four times and I've watched the presentation twice all the way through. Ravenlock, I remember saying, yeah, this is cool, but it was really short. Oh, it's from, okay. It's from the makers who did Echo Generation, which is a Game Pass, like turn-based RPG game that yeah, I actually Echo enjoyed when I mm-hmm. played it. So I, I, yeah, I just, I looked it up because I was like, I honestly don't remember this at all. But the fact that it's those makers has me a little more intrigued. It had some interesting art style things that I noticed. Um, some of the monsters were very high end pixel art kind of style where you could see yeah. the little cubes they were made of, but not all of them. So like there was like a clockwork monster that was a lot more clean lines than some of the other stuff, but it had a very heavy Alice in Wonderland kind of vibe to it did yeah even like cards like there were definitely card guards and enemies there was even a white rabbit wasn't there so yeah very and there was something that looked uh kind of red queen-esque or maybe had a red crown uh but it it had that classic rpg kind of exploration feel to it in my opinion so yeah it's uh it's billed as a fairy tale action rpg yeah if you're into you know kind of off-kilter rpgs this might be a game for you I uh, bet this was Alice in Wonderland inspired. I think you're absolutely right. I'm just surprised they didn't call that out anywhere, you know? Maybe they don't have the rights <laughs> to do yeah, so. That's true. Uh, that one's a, a day one on Game Pass coming again in 2023. Yeah, and I believe the next one is also going to be a Game Pass, day one Game Pass, and that's Cocoon, mm-hmm. which was kind of like a puzzle platformer. Apparently, it's from the people who did the game Inside. Yeah. Oh, so it's Play Dead with people. Oh, yeah. If it if it's Play Dead, if it's like you know they did Limbo and Inside, both of those fantastic games, like just killer. And I know uh, the original founders uh, split, and so one of them is off doing Somerville, which also looks cool and wasn't in this show. Um, so yeah, if this is the new Play Dead game or from the other, at least the other creator, that's going to be amazing. Yeah, the article that I'm looking at says it's a new game from Inside and Limbo Designer. So yeah, I guess it is. This looked like it was going to be a very chill visual experience. Like if you had a hard day at work and you wanted to come home and game, but you didn't want to like get sweaty in some other games or something, this one looked like it was just going to be a nice visual journey. Uh, It could have some storytelling that wasn't necessarily like right out in your face kind of thing. Um, very colorful you know with the these balls you were moving around to kind of solve puzzles and everything i i think it's going to be a very vibe good vibe kind of game yeah i definitely got some good vibes from it and actually checking it obviously it's not play dead because it doesn't have that art style it's the lead gameplay designer um from limbo and inside so going to be similar gameplay but different style that makes sense okay next up on our list we've got uh I had it as Wolong Fallen Dynasty. I don't know if that's right or not. Yeah. Or if it was it. that one seemed really cool to me, actually. Like so, there was the action kind of style kind of reminded me. I want to say Ghost of Tsushima, but not really. <laughs> Ninja Gaiden, yeah. Yeah, like that kind of style. <laughs> I thought we were getting a new Warriors game with this trailer at first. Oh, okay. And then they, uh, you know, at some point in the trailer, you see the guy on horseback with his glaive and the like big mantis tentacles coming off top of his head. That's Lubu. He's a staple character of the Warriors games. He's uh, a historical figure, you know? Uh, They didn't give me a lot to go off of for the gameplay, but I didn't think that the trailer for that kind of game looked more 
uh, graphic. It was a little darker than normal, you know? Uh, usually it's a little more heroic in these style games. Uh, definitely looks like it's going to be an action adventure, um, almost like a more linear style Warriors game. So in, in the Warriors games, you go to a map, you you kill you know enemy soldiers by the hundreds, sometimes the thousands. Yeah, a lot of people are more familiar with like Hyrule Warriors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's kind of open in that you go to the one map, but you can kind of cruise around and go and do your thing. This looks like it might be more linear story driven, but with similar gameplay mechanics. So it, it I mean, it, it might be part of that whole, you know, genre, but it, it's a new different kind of take. And I guess uh, we should note that is a team ninja game, which I know is a pretty big mm-hmm. deal to people. I mean, <laughs> I know I know there's something from Team Ninja that I'm not thinking of. Is it Neo? Is that not the? Sure. Uh, I feel like it's Neo. I can't remember, but there was like it, it, a big it was game Koei that was highly Tecmo, popular, which I know I, is a big, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, they so. did a Ninja Gaiden, which is why that's what yeah, I was thinking that's of. What it was. <laughs> they did Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Uh, you know, they've they've done a lot of a lot of games in that style. Oh shoot, they are the company that worked on Hyrule Warriors along with Omega Force. So that you know, oh, there's nice. a Warriors connection. Fire Emblem Warriors, that was them too. So yeah, yeah, both. That's all in their DNA. Uh, yeah, I'm they've done. Sorry Neo. if anybody just heard my Google in the background. Something I said that's triggered what I was- it. So. <laughs> well i was doing it because i was like i know i know who these guys are and i, I maybe it's just getting too late because we've been going for so no, long no 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 they, but... they they did neo we're just talking about a lot of games all in a row <laughs> yeah neo ninja gaiden and dead or alive was the yeah. other that's why we're breaking them down right because they come at you bam 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 so trying to take a little more time and you know talk yeah, there to was them. there was a lot in this so i had to kind of back there's a lot going on in this conference <laughs> well there was a lot but we only got one more to cover right uh no uh two we've got two well three technically because there's kind of a thing that's not a game that i'm still mentioning because it's kind of a big deal for xbox but we'll get to it uh it's not a game we'll get to it (laughs) first (laughs) we've got uh three persona games that are coming let's go persona three pack yeah i've never played persona but i've always heard good things about it so i know that's a big deal for xbox huge rpg franchise yeah sega games on xbox um you know we didn't think we'd ever get persona of all the games i did not expect Persona. well i was actually wondering maybe if we'd get persona 5 but we're getting all of them i mean we're getting three uh we're getting four golden and we're getting five and yeah like oh oh awesome do you know why they're giving them to us in the reverse order? I think we're getting them together, aren't we? No, no, we're getting first. five Royale first. This was one main thing. Maybe because of the fact it's an adaptation. Uh, I'm actually not sure then. I didn't see the release date cadence on that because they showed them to us three, four, five, but they're coming out five, four, three. Yeah, well, yeah, it five said five is coming out 10, 21. Um, so, you know, later this year and they said five is first, they didn't specify if four or three would be next. I'm kind of assuming that, but it feels really weird that they wouldn't lead with, you know, the oldest one and kind of build your way through. So I, I wasn't sure. I, I haven't played, uh, the persona games. I know they're huge. I, I know they're great RPGs. It just felt odd that that's the release order, you know? I have a feeling yeah. probably it's because five is most ready. I mean, keep in mind current architecture with the uh, most recent PlayStation. And uh, this is going to be more similar. Whereas ones that were made for the cell processor, which were made for portable. Cause I think uh, persona three was originally on PSP. They might require a little bit yeah. more work. 
it did say that because it said portable. It was like Persona 3 portable or something like that. That was a so. far more logical answer than people normally get with Tony and I. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> well, I would have I just been like, maybe it was the most recent. <laughs> That's what I would have said because I, I don't. Yeah. Know much, but... I mean, also, Atlas is weird. Let's be honest. Like, I say Sega, but Atlas was the developer on them and yeah. they're a little bit weird. You know, who knows? <laughs> I mean, all I knew was that it was a huge deal for Xbox that they're finally coming to Xbox because I think they were primarily Sony before, right? Uh, yeah, I've I've been wanting them. Yes. Mm. Uh, which is the same thing to say about the next one, which was uh, Kojima! Oh, that's, yes. That's, that's we got, we got the do. Kojima game. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. coming to Xbox. That was why I said it was kind of like there's no game or anything like that. Yeah. It's Kojima mentioning that he's coming to Xbox and he has been primarily Sony for as far back as I can remember. Okay, that's what that was. Like, yeah, he came on, he talked, and I was like, "What's the game? What are you telling me?" Oh, and, there uh, is no game. That's that's no, where but I his studio is coming confused. to Xbox. Oh yeah, yeah. I loved I loved the talk. Basically, they're officially announcing a collaboration, but he's like, uh, "I'm going to be able to make the game I've always wanted to make." Well, what is it, Mister Kojima? Kojima son, yeah. what what is it? And, no, no word. Not any idea of what it nope. could be. <laughs> Just you know, we get new systems, new. Uh, we can get new experiences. Blah blah blah. They love the experience buzzword. It's kind of Kojima, though. That's kind of yeah. how he is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's so him. I mean, like trying to figure out uh, what any of his games are until they're coming out can be really difficult. Yeah. So exactly this point in the showcase, I was like, man, we only got like ten minutes left, and we haven't heard anything. You know, and this felt like this was, you know, winding down and getting to the end. And then we got what sounded like the Starfield shout out. They were like, oh, and hey, Starfield's coming up. And then I I really thought they were going to roll credits. I thought that was the end. And that's that's kind of the joke I was making where I turned it off with the last 10 minutes to go. Because I, yeah. I, I didn't think that they were going to get anything put in that last 10 minutes i mean they couldn't not they couldn't not but at the same time (laughs) the way phil came on there to do that transition and it was phil i'm i did have a twinge of concern because i I expected to see both avowed and uh and starfield this Mm -hmm. you know this game play plus maybe something from an exile what they're working on maybe something from compulsion what they're working on there's a lot of things that we know are happening that we're missing i didn't expect outer worlds too because we know that'll be after about and we got the teaser last year Uh, but yeah no i agree when phil came out and started talking i'm like what don't you dare make me wait till tuesday you know for the extended showcase but yeah i thought yeah when he came out i was like are they seriously ending this because he really built he's like thanking you for watching like he really builds it like it's yeah i i think that he missed out on wearing a starfield jacket even if it's the you know the the (laughs) colors we've been seeing or a logo or something like i i just felt like that that brown jacket could have been a starfield jacket just... we, we we got the jacket though when todd came out we got a jacket yeah yeah, yeah. oh and, i'm sorry I mean, that's, that's the one i'm talking about yeah uh, i was todd. gonna say it was brown but i mean did you see his shoes were brown it was color yes. coordinated with his shoes it matched very well i i, I respected that but I, I i think that if he had you know like a starfield stripes on the shoulder or something or the logo like so i was in chat perfect. with my friend pantagrulia and she made the comment I don't think Todd's ever looked so good, Van Self. <laughs> like, I mean, he's just out there dropping all this amazing Starfield knowledge on us, yeah. all this beautiful stuff. And he's, you know, coming out there fly. Like, all I wanted was 10 minutes in the jacket. I said, that's what I want from the showcase. And I got at least 10 minutes and the jacket. 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you're right. It was brown and not black this year, but that's okay. You know, Todd's Todd's 50 now. He's a, he's, you know, he's changing style a little bit, but it's still there. Oh, and in case you haven't figured it out yet, listener, the last thing on the list is Starfield. We finally got gameplay and actually (laughs) quite a bit of stuff for Starfield. Yeah, for sure. Oh my God. I think the whole video was about 16 minutes. Not mistaken. So it actually went more than 10 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, went watching the watching the replay because, as I said, I watched it about four times. I'll be least. doing that again later. And it was like fifteen minutes, forty seven seconds, or something on the four K yeah. trailer. I don't know who's up there. <laughs> I mean, the first big thing I got to say on that, I don't know why I didn't write more down. I should have, but I think I was just immersed in <laughs> and what I was watching and like not taking notes. But I got really excited about the fact that you can completely build your own spaceship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. customize it build it and fly it so that you will be flying throughout space and, and, and i saw this isn't just a paint job this isn't just decals you can move the pieces it's almost like when you go into yeah. the shipbuilding mode like it put up like a, a blueprint kind of background you know it's got that like blue uh um, with the the white lines and everything like and you could move parts off and put them on and parts were more than cosmetic it sounded like they would yeah, affect your they licensed. yeah it was like you know? deep like into yeah. like engine parts and everything like so fully i feel like we got the whole car game in the spaceships you know you got that whole garage portion which is half of a car game sometimes you know right and that's just a small part of this oh, yeah so good <laughs> And then they really also put it on the scale of how massive this is going to be when they kind of zoom out. They're like, oh, you can land in this city, but you can also land anywhere on this planet or any of the other like hundreds of planets that are in this game. Over Over a thousand. Yeah. 100 systems with over a thousand planets. That's freaking crazy. That's including moons and such, you know, that that are landable. But Mm -hmm. I mean, here's my deal. The way they rolled this out. Okay. Before Todd came out, it was basically, here's a bit about the game and the start, your character, where he starts. And then here's a bit about the story. So like each time they had these four sections of the game, they're ratcheting up. So first one is kind of like, here's the feel, here's some combat and all that. And I did feel combat with the guns felt a little bit light, especially at first uh, with that rapid fire. It looked Fallout-esque to me. Oh, yeah. It was very No Fallout Man's Sky crossed yeah. with Fallout and a few I, other things, but I a lot more realistic. About people talking about the, the gunplay as looking clunky. And uh, one of the things that I had thought that it, the combat looked very clean. I thought yeah. it looked very oh, yeah. oh, 100% good. Asher, not clunky yeah. at all. No, so that, that's uh, just why light. I was kind of surprised by like, you know, yeah, because they only showed us what? two guns i think think we saw four by the end but the big two we saw where was the one that was kind of like an automatic fixer and that one was Mm -hmm. way too light but i hate the way fixers feel or handmaids feel in fallout anyway and i think this is going to be at least as good as fallout 4 76 but hopefully better for the gunplay hopefully a lot better really but the aimed aim down sights was good when i started doing that when he switched to the shotgun that was good he switched Mm -hmm. to an energy weapon later on like they had more impact you know and i i like that but we'll have to be in there and actually handle them to know you know oh for sure but yeah, so that was kind of the level. He started out with combat and here's the world a little bit and here's your character. Now you're part of Constellation and here's the story. And it gave us a bunch of different story threads yeah, throughout the system. And- yep. And then he's like customization. And then we get the character generator and it's the best character generator I've ever seen. Like, okay, Fallout 4 and 76 got better. You know, they got a lot better than the potato faces and stuff of Ultra Bethesda, yep. but still your characters were always a little bit similar, you know, always kind right. of fox-like, always kind of that same kind of jaw. Uh, no, this has a lot more variety. Characters look good. And then customize your ship, 
actual base building anywhere, like in No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah, Sky. the base building, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, you know, base building could slow it down, like settlements for some people. Not everybody loves it, but yeah. I love that shit. So. But I feel like you could probably opt out of it. Like, you didn't have to do that in Fallout 4, so you probably don't have to do it in Starfield either. Right. In kind of just Fallout an option. 4, you had some prefab options, so you could just kind of slap something down. Yeah. 76, up until more recently, you didn't have prefab options. So you were literally floor, wall, door, roof. Like you built the whole thing. Yeah. This first, one looks yeah. like it's more prefabs. Yeah. But like you also went into like a top down mode, which I think was yeah. like a lot easier for snapping some of these prefabs, which prefabs, there's nothing wrong with them for something like this. Having the, you know, the radio tower prefab, I think is great. And especially since we're probably going to be able to get radio tower, a radio tower, B radio tower, C kind of thing, you know, space stations are like that. They're more modular. I mean, that makes sense. And then who knows you were placing down in like a first person view. So you might be able to switch between the two. It might be dependent on, you know, what you're building, but if you can switch having that option the number of times in 76 i wish i could have gone top down mm-hmm. while i was trying to build i think it's going to be great i think base building is going to be a lot better than we've seen in some of the other you know bethesda games it might be simpler and better you know yes. what i mean and maybe yes. you can get granular maybe there will be mods and expansions and stuff like that that allows you to get super granular and place individual vases and flowers and you know all that stuff but yeah, we don't start, know if you can do anything with ins- inside you know once you place mm-hmm. down that prefab maybe you can move stuff around and the ship is so cool yeah. when you Jump to the ship earlier, Tony. What I was kind of laughing about in my head is it's kind of like Kerbal Space Program, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> You're slapping in all these different things and affects how it can fly and stuff. Although hopefully you can only make things that'll fly in this one. Yeah, and uh, I'll also note that when it showed a little bit of the gameplay from a couple of the different cities that are on the different planets, those even looked massive and absolutely so gorgeous. diverse and big you yeah. can, the whole planets are explorable now yeah. you know some of it's going to be handmade and then a lot of it's going to be procedural generated we know that they use procedural yep. generation in this game more than they have in any game since oblivion mm-hmm. uh, but that said he said we've learned a lot over time and now we can go through start procedural and then go through and and you know touch everything by hand you know touch all these worlds at least somewhat so yeah and- i'm looking forward to it even if we see some things you know like similar wall textures or even same wall textures throughout the city it's the way things would be built that way. They're not going to make right. a new wall every time. It's going to be, you know, prefabricated. They're going to deliver a stack of walls or they're going to deliver, you know, uh, prefab houses or, you know, have blocks or whatever. So it fits more with the art style. Um, I thought the HUD looked super clean. Um, we kind of talked about this uh, with Rocky uh, last week. And how I kind of prefer games that have less clutter and less going on. Yep. There was a ton of information in a very little space. And I didn't feel like it was crowding itself out. You know, there was no, a two meter, a CO2 meter, your health, your ammo. Uh, when you discovered a place, uh, the XP popping up in the center, just under the name of the place. I also like that you got experience for exploring, um, which, yeah. which of the newer Bethesda games didn't have that? Like you only got, I don't know. Um, but it didn't, it, like, I like the idea of being able to just kind of cruise the world and, you know, level up. Um, yeah, that's classic Bethesda too. Like Elder Scrolls and Fallout, the original ones were always, each time you explored or discovered a new location, you got some experience for it. Yeah. Um, one thing that I didn't see 
and I was really happy about this. Mm-hmm. I never once saw an asset that I thought was from Fallout 4 or Skyrim. No. You know, sometimes you see that the that bush and you're like, oh, I, I almost thought for a second I was in Skyrim and you're in Fallout or, you know, like you can kind of see, you know, oh, this food looks similar or something. There, there are some assets that were, were very, these are Bethesda assets. I didn't see yeah. any right. of that. They've this, done that for a while. You're right. Yeah, it, it's very clean very new everything is more unique um but it did feel like you know the first time you walk in diamond city and all the people cruising around you kind of want to go check them out and everything yeah i felt that same way walking into the city here i was like this is exciting you know yeah this feels alive these people they're doing stuff number of people in new atlantis uh hit Mm -hmm. hit cyberpunk levels better than cyberpunk levels to be honest (laughs) it looked good i was psyched about that and there might be some static meshes that are the same but the way they put them together the new textures and lighting you definitely i did not see that either so really and I'll, I'll be completely honest even if there are i probably won't even notice <laughs> so, no but we would we would yeah mm-hmm. i don't i don't pin like i don't typically pick up on like stuff that looks the same like that for some reason i don't know why but if i'm into a game i'm into a game i don't notice the little things so well you know once you hit two thousand hours in a game i know. mean that's understandable yeah <laughs> uh the audio was crisp the gunfire yes yeah you know the the dialogue very crisp everything just like i just kept writing clean and crisp everywhere in my notes because everything really (laughs) felt that way and the shadows did you notice there were no jaggies they were so smooth now the frame rate there was some hitching at first um Mm -hmm. in the beginning and but that was more the stream because when i went back and i watched all the uh the 4k stuff i saw almost no hitching it might have been 30 fps a lot of the time but there was no real hitching at all Yep. See, I didn't notice the shadows, which to me tells me that they were great because yeah. if they yeah. didn't draw my eye, they were doing what they're supposed to. They were they were lightly shadows. saturated. They yeah. like the blacks weren't heavy black. It was almost like it was shot on film for a lot of it. Really mm-hmm. good. Did you catch the lock picking minigame? Yes. The the, the the dick pick. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's it's called Digipick, but right. I swear they put <laughs> it up there. <laughs> I'm like, really? That's what I first saw. But yeah, it looks cool. It kind of is like, I, I don't know what to compare it to. It's actually kind of like the um, Mass Effect hacking minigame where you're going in circles and going through holes. Yeah. Well, we've had different lockpicking games throughout Bethesda games before. So uh, it's nice that they've continued on with this because I, I didn't want to see um, the the Fallout bobby pin screwdriver kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know? I'm fine with it. It's a good minigame. I like the way it feels. But uh, everything else being so sci-fi, this needed to be different. And I think it yeah, I like work. that they did that. That it was a new form of it, and it's not just the same thing redone. Mm-hmm. Um, with the shipbuilding that we've gone back to a few times, you get a crew. I don't know how many you'll get to have. I don't know if like parts of your ship maybe they increase your crew limit or something. But just that. The fact that you can populate your ship. Yep. I wonder if you'll be able to walk around your ship and talk to people and stuff. It Definitely like, will. Yeah, because it looked like there was a small part there where it did show what looked like you walking around the ship. So I know you'll definitely be able to walk around. You it. saw your ship docking and other things. And they also, when they introduced Vasco, they introduced Vasco as your first companion. So mm-hmm. he's the only one you've had a deep dive on. But the fact that, right. you know, they said your companion, first companion, Vasco, means there will be more. And so there'll probably be recruitable companions like any other game that you can bring with you or make ship members. And Vasco is the robot that first walks out in the beginning mm-hmm. of the trailer off the back of the ship. Okay. Um, yeah, we touched on character creation. I thought that was uh, pretty in-depth, you know, more so than any of the previous ones. 
Right. Um, I was wondering about gravity because it looked like they made some pretty high jumps, but it looked a like a jetpack almost. Yeah. On that first. So I think which would be kind of like an astronaut suit in like a low gravity or high gravity situation. So I think right. that will factor into it. So yeah, and uh, some other games have had, you know, low grav areas where you jump higher or farther, you right. know, whatever. So uh, I'm I'm curious if they're gonna have gravity effects in the game. I mean, it kind of looked like they might. Yeah, it would it make be sense variable. as ambitious as they're going. It could be dependent on what planet you're on or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, skill unlocks and rank ups. That skill <sighs> tree looked crazy. Mm-hmm. So like we've kind of had this uh skyrim you know you would unlock you know your blocking skill and then you can make it stronger and stronger right and 76 you pick up a card and you rank it up so it it it's not really new but it could be in the way it's handled you know like instead of it just being a static percentage you know uh my melee my punching damage goes from 10% to 20%. Maybe it, you know, increases in damage and has a knockback effect or something. There's a lot they could do with that. Um, but it, they haven't had a bad level up system. In my opinion, there were some things I didn't like about four, but eh, uh, I think it should be interesting. And they didn't, we didn't really get to see anything, you know? No. I like the uh, like the UI of the skill system. I think is what kind of it looked clean, as you would say earlier. Yeah, <laughs> everything looked say, clean. It, it did. It all was very clean. Uh, there wasn't a lot of frivolous extra stuff, which some games that style looks great with, you know. But right. something about this, just having all those nice clean lines, just tickled my brain in a good way. And we also got to talk about the uh, the space combat because that looked freaking awesome to me. I was on a roller coaster with that they said yeah you're gonna be able to fly your ship in space and i was like cool and then they showed him flying in basically empty orbit yeah and i was like i think that's because they didn't want to show too much yet because they're probably adding it at least that's what i hope (laughs) i mean what is takeoff and landing though is it automatic entry and exit because it did look like it might be automatic um you know entry or re-entry but once you're out there the actual dog fighting and near other ships and stuff like that i thought that looked pretty cool now they switched between cockpit view and third person view Uh, did you have a preference on that uh Uh, for me if i'm flying just like with my racing game it's got to be third person i want to see my ship and where i'm going I, th- I think it depends on what's going on. You know, there, there'll yeah. be one that I'll feel better with once I actually get the controls in my hand and get to do it. But I, I can see the merit of both. Uh, I like that you can switch between them. But yeah, it, like the fact that they showed us flying at first, uh, but there wasn't anything else going on, my heart sank. So I was like, this is where it's going to be empty. And then they showed the dog fight. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's going to be some meat to this. But yeah. I, my question was, can I deep space? That's what I want to know as well. Orbital flight or can I just drift and go, you know? So I don't know if it's going to be a fast travel to another planet or if I'm actually going to take the time to fly to another planet. I think it also showed like an asteroid belt too. So yeah, who knows? And I'm really hoping it'll be like what you were saying, flying from planet to planet. And then you'll encounter other ships that could maybe be like a pirate ship or the Crimson Fleet, as they were calling them in this, which were basically pirates. And you're going to like encounter those and have the battles on the way between planets. Like that's appealing to me if Mm -hmm. they do it right, for sure. If you can fly from planet to planet or system to system, I need there to also be a fast travel option because 
there are people that don't have the time for that. You know, they're playing, you know, in between two jobs or they've got kids at home or something. I don't want to take away that time accessibility from someone, but I want to have that option to explore space. Agreed. You know, if, I, if I don't get it, fine. I got plenty of planets to make landfall on. I've got plenty of places to go, you know, and do. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, the critter that you saw walk in front of the player when he got off the ship. Oh yeah. In the I beginning. Kept, yeah. I kept looking at their feet because I wanted to see. They were touching the ground. Yes. They were touching the ground mm -hmm. and the spots where I wasn't sure if they were, they kicked up dust. So yeah. Either they did a really good job mapping their pathing or they did a really good job of obscuring it. Same with the larger creatures who didn't attack mm -hmm. a little bit further down the path. I was very happy with that because I was looking at that closely too. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, we know what we're used to in the yeah. uh, Bethesda engine, the creation engine, and creation two fixes some of that. Yeah. yeah. It, it was very smooth. It looked really good, clean. <laughs> Now, I, agree. I mean, it was curated footage. You know what I mean? There may be yeah, places sure. where pathing is not <laughs> yeah. as good, but you know, but yeah, I liked it. And they're still working on stuff. They've pushed it back. They've delayed it because there's stuff they're trying to fine tune. And I think mm -hmm. part of that is that the reception that fans gave them for 76. Yeah. Maybe 60% of that wasn't necessarily deserved, but uh yeah, I think they're really trying to make sure that they put out a ready, polished game, you know? Yeah, and I think with the scale and the size of this one, it's completely understandable that they're delaying it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just because uh, of how massive it is. It looked like you were going to be able to modify your weapons, which is something they've yep. been doing, yep. you know, since Fallout 4, maybe even earlier. Um Mostly four. I mean, there was the Gunrunner's Arsenal mod for uh, 76, which was, I mean, sorry, for New Vegas, which was based on a mod that had come out for three uh, right. that they kind of reintegrated in the game. But it wasn't, it was very small modding compared to what you could do with four. Right. Yeah. And you could swap ammo types in New Vegas and stuff, which is kind of, but yeah, like if I can do some more substantial modding to this you know you can take you know a slew of seven gun types and be able to modify them to make that feel like a lot more i think that that's that's great and it, they said something about more rare things you could build so maybe some camp blueprints and stuff are going to be some things that are more difficult to find or we might need to like really hunt down the materials to create so we'll see Sorry, I didn't mean to do a long pause there. I was just happening to look at the time and was like, holy crap, we've been going a yeah, very that long is, time on this episode. That's pretty much all I got, you know, for, for, for me on this. There were a few things I expected to see I didn't, like I said. Uh, but Starfield hit all the points I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. I'm sad I have to wait, but I understand why I do. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Better to get a good game for sure. And, you know, I do think that they probably, where, where they're at, could have hit the 11-11-22 uh, date without too much trouble. And I think between them and my... Microsoft, they said it would be better for the franchise and this new IP if we did not, because after 76, like you're saying, there mm -hmm. are people already jumping on things and talking, you know, I mean, Bug Thesda has become such a thing and it, yeah. it's always been a bit of a thing, but after 76, people are a little bit vicious about it. So, mm -hmm. you know, let's give it a better chance and come out with maybe only as many bugs as say Fallout 4. That would be amazing because Fallout 4 wasn't that buggy, you know, no, not was. like Skyrim or 3. Most of the time they're 
graphical things or like with skyrim the whole giant launching you into space like yeah yeah that didn't ruin your gameplay you were already dead no they're funny dragons flying backwards oh yeah most of the bugs are always in a comical fashion we enjoy that stuff if it's not game breaking but we do but there are people who do not but like right there are a ton of other games that come out that have the same kind of issues or even you know actual game breaking quest ending issues but they don't get that heat because they're not it became a meme with bethesda games or right like you mm-hmm. said bug thesda and i'm i'm almost like fanboy defending here but like amen no we, we it's rude give it a rest you know like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like the the whole thing with you know um red dead redemption 2 you know like there were issues about like going into cinematic mode and your horse would just ride right off a cliff and kill you or something. And when it was supposed to follow a path like that, that got me tons. And I jumped into that game a while after it was out and it, it isn't something that was ever fixed, but nobody talks right. about it, you know, but if that was in Bethesda, that would be a clickbait video coming up on somebody's channel every week. Over oh, and yeah, over. Sure. Yeah. I'm not Bethesda Defense Force entirely, although more than some, and I get accused of it from time to time for sure, just because I'm positive on things in general and I'm willing to accept those kind of bugs and games because a large open world game like that, it's going to happen. I mean, yeah, there were less in a game like The Witcher, but that's because it's a very different type of engine. You know, right. you can't interact with most things in The Witcher. It's a static world. It has uh, living characters in it on paths, but the world itself is static. And that's not the case in this kind of game. And I love what they give us with these sandboxes. So I'm more than willing to forgive that because I'm used to it. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit Stockholm Syndrome. You know, maybe <laughs> we've been playing it so long, we're used to it. But yeah, I do think that the vitriol kind of has become unfair recently yeah. uh even though 76 deserves some of it at first like you said yeah. you know 60 percent or whatever but but not you know people so quickly forget mm-hmm. you know they're just looking for reasons to be negative or, or go on things so yeah best choice delaying it for now hopefully first half um you know we're hearing rumors that it's going to be early 2023 maybe we get that 3 23 23 date i don't know we'll find out <laughs> bethesda One... likes to do stuff like that so <laughs> yeah one thing I didn't catch anything about, and I might have just missed it, is this a strictly single-player game? Yes. Damn. They have said that multiple times in the past. However, however, they haven't rolled out that there will be online components. So they have said again and again, this is a single-player game. Classic Bethesda RPG, heavy systems, more systems than they had in a long time, single-player. But there could be online leaderboards. There could possibly even be like co-op modes, ways to share you know, uh, stations or camps or, you know, camps, you know, builds, whatever. There could be an online component, but they have said over and over that it's single player. Skyrim being a single player game. If I could join your world as your companion. Mm -hmm. So I joined in as Mule the Lioness, you know, I control, you know, Sven, your, your actual companion. I'm not playing my own character. I would still love that to be able to explore that world with someone else. And you could do the same thing here. All these different companions, you go through the game and collect up. If you could be like looking at your buddy, like, hey, who do you want to play today? And you, I could jump in that person's world as one of their companions. I think that would be great because, you know, that companion is already there. They already have set skills. You know, Valentine could lockpick and hack a little bit. So maybe I would have access to those things too. But just let me, let me ride that AI. Let me just take it over. I don't need a full 76, you know, online capability, but just that, that 
just enough co-op so I can jump in somebody's world and appreciate their ship, meet their crew, walk around with them. That would be amazing. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I think it, it would be pretty cool. I mean, like, I, that's not a big deal to me because I've been playing them solo for so long that <laughs> doesn't bother me. But I do think that a co-op appeal would actually be very interesting for a yeah, game like, like this. Imagine if after, you know, we spent an episode talking about how you built up your moon base and then we log off, you know, I have a recording and I can jump in the game and you can show me around. Yeah, that does. It does seem pretty cool. That's amazing. You know, and that would that's, be cool. I haven't played 76 in over a year now, but I am always on Twitter watching people. Sometimes I'm helping people with builds or commenting on, you know, where they can find something or whatever. I'm still part of that community. I still keep up with a bunch of people in that game yep. and I haven't touched it because that ability to be able to interact with the other players was such a big thing. And if they just give us enough to interact, to be able to share, to show off, you know, I think it does a lot. It would be nice. I, I'm it really nice. wish listing on that one, you know, so, but. Yeah, and, and we'll hear more, but I think they're specifically shying away from talking about that uh, to get a lot of the positive impressions sunk in first. And mm-hmm. then we'll see what, if any online component there will be, you know, but I don't, it's definitely going to be single player. It's not going to be a primary component at all. And I don't know if there'll even be like full co-op. I, I don't think so, but Hey, maybe, maybe there'll yeah, be I a would, way to play that we'll way. Find out. <laughs> All right. I think we've reached the end here. We've gone for quite a bit. So if you're still oh, listening yeah. at this point, thank you for making it this far. <laughs> we had a lot to discuss tonight. Uh, Jessica, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I saw... <laughs> here we go <laughs> <Yep>. again. <laughs> I also want to uh, give you a chance to plug your podcast and let everybody know where to find you before we get off here. Sure. I'll just make it uh, real quick. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, if you want to see more of what I do, you can follow me on Twitter at sleep is for T that's at sleep is for the letter T also at you wastelanders, which is my uh, fallout Twitch network and uh, podcast. I'm on uh, the fallout feed, a Skyrim addict and dames who game uh, just a bunch of stuff about Bethesda. You know, that's, that's my thing, but I love general gaming too. And it was fun to talk about this with you guys. Don't you uh, do a show on Twitch with some others as well? Yeah, that's United Wastelanders Network. Yep. Okay. Uh, at you Wastelanders on Twitter and it's United Wastelanders Network on Twitch. I, I run that channel with some friends. And I mean, I do, uh, I guess on a lot of Twitch channels too. <laughs> you know how it is. It's, uh, oh, it's yeah. fun, fun to yeah. network, but UWN is my big thing. All right. And as always, you know where to find Infinite Journeys. Just look up Infinite Journeys or Infinite Journeys podcast. You'll find us on all social medias. Asher is Asher underscore Dusk on Twitter. I think I finally remembered it, Asher. <laughs> hey, one of us did at least. And uh, Asher, take it away for the outro. Hey, you know, when you're gaming, your journeys are always infinite. Yes, we got it this time. We didn't screw (laughs) it up like last episode when we both messed it up. Oh, that was fantastic.